Gateway Grizzlies Baseball on the Grizzlies Media Network is brought to you by Budweiser, GCS Credit Union, Commerce Bank, and Pepsi. Now let's send it to the ballpark. Here's Nate Gatter. It's a warm Wednesday evening in Sojay, Illinois, and Gateway Grizzlies baseball is on the air from GCS Credit Union Ballpark. Nate Gatter, Brandon Ross with you for the Budweiser pregame show on the Grizzlies media network before Gateway takes on Lake Erie in game two of a three-game series and the seventh of the Grizzlies' eight-game homestand that will conclude tomorrow evening in the finale between these two clubs. Gateway is coming off an 11-6 loss last night in the opener of this set, a game the Grizzlies led 6-4 after six innings, but Lake Erie scored seven runs in the top of the seventh, four of them earned on six hits, including a couple of home runs and two more doubles, but also three Gateway errors. The Grizzlies had only made four errors all season over their first ten games, but they made four last night, three of them in that fateful seventh inning. So Gateway comes in at 4-7 and seven this evening, having now lost three in a row, four and a half back, tied for third place at the bottom of the West Division. Lake Erie, meanwhile, is also 4-7, and seven, but the Crushers have won three in a row after a 1-7 and seven start, and they are just a game and a half back in a much more muddled Central Division, the opposite uh, group in the Midwestern Conference. So our Budweiser pregame show gets underway here on the Grizzlies Media Network. Whenever legendary baseball moments happen, Budweiser will be there. This Bud's for you. Started to mention those standings, and let's go through them in their entirety on the Husky Trailways out-of-town scoreboard, starting in the Can-Am Conference, where Quebec has been playing excellent baseball and leads the way in the Atlantic Division at 7-5. New York follows two back, and Tri-City is off the pace by 3.5 in third. Meanwhile, in the Northeast Division, Sussex County leads the way at 7-2, the best record in the Can-Am Conference, and the Miners are getting at least a high-profile temporary help in the form of former Major Leaguer Todd Frazier, who is expected to make his Sussex County debut on Friday night against Tri-City. Todd uh, no longer in the Major Leagues after the Pirates let him go early on this season, and he is going to play with Sussex County for a while to get himself ready to go to be part of Team USA this summer at the delayed Tokyo Olympics. Sussex County in first place, 7-2 in the Northeast, followed by New Jersey, a game and a half behind, and Washington is in third, four and a half back. Meanwhile, in the Midwestern Conference, in the Central Division, Schaumburg and Windy City are tied for first place, or at least in a virtual tie. The Boomers at 6-6, six and six, the Thunderbolts at 5-5. Five and five. Joliet is a half game behind, and Lake Erie one and a half back in fourth place, but again, a a win tonight for the Crushers and uh, some well-placed results around the rest of the league. And it's not out of the question that the Crushers could find themselves uh, within a half game. A couple of wins the next two nights, they could be in first place by the end of the series, such as the nature of how muddled the Central is right now. The West is just about the opposite. Evansville and Florence, after the Otters won on the road at UC Health Stadium in the opener of their series against one, e one another yesterday night, now tied atop the West at 9-3 and three each, the best record or records in the Midwestern Conference. In fact, they're the only two teams in the Midwestern Conference with records above 500. Schaumburg and Windy City leading the way in the Central at 500 exactly, 6-6 six and 5-5 six and five and five respectively. So Evansville and Florence both 9-3 and three on top of the West, and then Gateway and Southern Illinois are now tied for third. Both teams are 4.5 behind, coming in at 4-7 and seven 
and well back now of Evansville and Florence. But those two teams playing again tonight, and somebody's got to lose, so the Grizzlies can uh, at least pick up a, a little bit of ground on whoever loses that game, although with those two teams tied and playing each other, it is guaranteed that neither Gateway nor Southern Illinois, no matter what the results for those two tonight, will pick up any ground on the division leader. Let's take a look at some of that action on our Husky Trailways out-of-town scoreboard. What's going on around the Frontier League tonight? New York at Tri-City. That game is in the bottom of the third inning. The Boulders lead 6-1 to one on the road. Evansville has a 3-2 road lead over Florence in the fourth. Washington up at home 1-0 over New Jersey in the second. The same is true of Sussex County up 1-0 on Quebec in the second inning. Joliet visits Schaumburg. Southern Illinois visits Windy City and Lake Erie here ready to take on Gateway in game two of this three-game series. On the road, the Grizzlies trust Husky Trailways. You can, too, at huskybus.com. So Gateway trying to snap a three-game losing streak this evening, and we will see if the Grizzlies can do it in game two of this three-game series against the Crushers, who come in with an identical 4-7 and seven record, but trending the opposite way, having won three in a row since a 1-7 and seven start. The Grizzlies' high water mark of the season was 4-4 four and four at exactly 500, one of two instances this year that Gateway has been at 500, and since then, three straight losses for the man in the powder blue, as they will be this evening. Lake Erie will be wearing the purple on the road again. So we will have the Commerce Bank starting lineups when we get back, and moving toward a first pitch coming up in just about nine minutes, 6.45 Central Time here in Sojay. Step aside and return for more of the Budweiser pregame show after this. You're locked into the Grizzlies Media Network. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
back at GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Soge, where our Budweiser pregame show resumes on the Grizzlies media network. To the friends you can always count on, Bud Light, famous among friends. Closing in on first pitch about seven minutes away now, 6.45 central time between the homestanding Grizzlies and the visiting Lake Erie Crushers. After Lake Erie took the opener of their series last night, 11-6, to extend the Crushers' winning streak to three and the Grizzlies' losing streak to three. First-year managers Cameron Roth of Gateway and Dan Roan of Lake Erie meeting at home plate with our three-man umpiring crew, Trevor Klosterman behind the plate, Mike Weinstein at first, and Eric Eckert at third. They are exchanging lineup cards, so we will give you that information as well. Our starting lineups, as always, brought to you by Commerce Bank. First for the visiting Crushers, one of the lighter-hitting teams in the league coming into this series, but you wouldn't have known it last night when they piled up 11 runs on 17 hits, took advantage of four gateway errors as well. Sean Dunstan Jr. leads off in center field. He'll be followed by Stephen Kraft, who is the DH. Number three hitter is Connor Oliver in left field. Trevor Achenbaugh, who had a homer last night, bats fourth at shortstop. Brody Wofford is the first baseman hitting fifth. He'll be followed by Brian De La Rosa, who will bat sixth and do the catching. Number seven hitter is Dylan Jones in right field. Jones is still looking for his first hit of the season. He is off to an 0 for 17 start, but uh, to his credit is one of three Joneses in the starting lineups in this game combined. Number eight hitter is Javier Betancourt. He's at third base, and the number nine batter is General MacArthur at second base. That is, in fact, his real name. We looked it up. The pitcher is Ryan Firabend, 6'3", 245-pound left-hander from Grafton, Ohio, former major leaguer, one of a few bouncing around the Frontier League this year, and the second one Gateway has seen in 2021. Meanwhile, for the Grizzlies, again, a matching 4-7 and seven record identical to the Crushers, but Gateway has lost three in a row, now four and a half back of the first-place tie in the West between Evansville and Florence. Abdiel Diaz leads off at second base. He'll be followed by the hot-hitting Jay Frather in right field. And then Ty Moore, the DH, batting third. Chase Vallo will bat clean up and do the catching. That top quad, uh, four guys right there did some excellent work for Gateway last night because the Grizzlies' offense was pretty good as well. Six runs and 16 hits, but they left 13 on base and ended up losing the ballgame 11-6. Jose Rosario... Is at third base hitting fifth. Axel Johnson will bat sixth in left field. Eric Jones gets the start at first base hitting seventh. Justin Jones will be the shortstop and bat eighth. Justin Woodcock is in center field, and he will be the number nine batter this evening for Gateway with Jorge Tavares, the 5'10", 150-pound right-hander from Loma de Cabrera, Dominican Republic, on the mound for the Grizzlies. Once again for Lake Erie, Dunstan Kraft Oliver. Achenbaugh, Wofford, De La Rosa, Jones, Betancourt, MacArthur, and Firabend on the bump. For Gateway, Diaz, Frather, Moore, Valo, Rosario, Johnson, Jones, Jones, and Woodcock with Tavares doing the pitching. So three Joneses on the field and uh, some three-game streaks to worry about as well. The Crushers trying to extend their three-game winning streak. The Grizzlies trying to snap their three-game losing streak. Tonight's starting lineups brought to you, as always, by Commerce Bank. Challenge accepted. Gateway and Lake Erie in game two of a three-game series and game seven of the Grizzlies' eight-game homestand coming up from Soge. This has been the Budweiser pregame show. Stay with us. First pitch after the break on the Grizzlies Media Network. Hey, hon. What you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo. Do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, 
flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Three, two, one. Oh, no. Which button am I... Oh. When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear... Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. <sighs> That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill, bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Jorge Tavares ready to go to work for the Grizzlies in the top of the first inning against Lake Erie. Game two of this three-game series. Nate Gatter, Brandon Ross back with you from beautiful GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Sojay, Illinois, where Gateway has started the homestand with only two wins in the first six games and particularly frustrating losses each of the last three, Saturday and Sunday to Florence, and then last night in the opener of this series to Lake Erie in which the Grizzlies have lost by one, two, and five runs respectively. And in each instance, the difference in the game has been made up
by unearned runs scored by the opponents. The four Grizzlies errors particularly stung in last night's ballgame. Gateway defensively has Axel Johnson in left, Dustin Woodcock in center, Jay Prather in right, third to first on the infield. It's Jose Rosario, Justin Jones, Abdiel Diaz, and Eric Jones with Chase Ballo catching for the 5'10", 150-pound right-hander Jorge Tavares. Young Dominican works out of the windup from the first base out of the rubber, and he will deal to Sean Dunstan Jr., Stephen Kraft, and Connor Oliver in the top of the first inning for Lake Erie. Right-hander against left-hander. Tavares the windup and the pitch. Dunstan takes a tailing fastball down and outside, and we're underway at 6.47 locally here in Sojay. 1-0 pitch. Dunstan swings at a high fastball, fouls it back over the screen and out of play. It is 84 degrees and sunny at first pitch. Weather report brought to you by Serve Pro. If unpredictable weather causes damage to your home or business, call Serve Pro. One and one pitch is taken high ball two. Dunstan hitting 244, no homers. He's batted in four. Two and one delivery. He takes at the belt for strike two. Tavares making his third Grizzlies start. He's 1-0 with a 5.4 earned run average. 11 and two-thirds, he struck out seven, walked five. The league is hitting 273 against him. Two and two offering. Sean swings and tops a high-breaking ball. Foul back to the screen. Tavares did not factor in the decision in what goes in the books as a tie on opening night against Keep Quebec, the second game of the season. Three runs over six innings. Gateway won in a home run derby, the first ever in a competitive Frontier League game. 2-2 pitch again, swung out and missed. Strikeout for Tavares, only his eighth of the season in 12 innings so far as a Grizzly. It's brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. No what's below before you dig. Always call Julie at 811 or visit IllinoisOneCall.com. So one out, nobody on at the top of the first, just underway with no score. And here is the right-hand batter, Stephen Kraft. Tavares the windup and the first delivery. Kraft swings and smokes a line drive back into center, down for a base hit in front of Dustin Woodcock. It's a single for the 320 batter, Stephen Kraft. And he is the first base runner of the ball game for either team. Tavares then in his last outing allowed four runs on nine hits over five and two-thirds at home against Windy City and got the win in an 8-4 gateway victory, which was the Grizzlies' first in regulation on the year. As it stands, they've won four ball games. Only two of them have been in nine innings. One was in 10, one was in a home run derby after an extra inning, which is all we will play in the Frontier League this year, just the one. And if it's still tied after that, decisive home run derby. So here is the lefty batter, Connor Oliver. He had a homer last night. Tavares from the belt, brings it home. Oliver shows bunt, pulls it back, takes one that bounces away from the catcher, Valo. And by the time he tried to recover it, Kraft was already off for second, and then Valo fumbled it. That's a pass ball to allow 
Kraft to second base. Those were a problem last night, and Valo is getting the start for the second straight evening behind the plate. Gateway has, for the most part, alternated so far this year. Kraft at second, one down. No score, top of the first. And the 1-0 pitch from Tavares. Oliver ticks a high fastball back into Valo's mitt for a strike. Oliver came into last night's game with only one extra base hit on the season. He had two yesterday, part of a two out of six performance in which he also struck out three times, but a double and a homer. Jorge is ready, a look to second, and he comes home. Oliver swings over a changeup, strike two. He's batting at 216 now with one home run and eight RBIs. Trevor Achenbaugh is on deck. Should mention, by the way, as part of that first pitch weather report brought to you by ServPro, I think uh, the wind is blowing not hard, but straight out to center field right now, perhaps for the first time in this homestand. 1-2 pitch. So I'm going to tap her foul off the first base side toward the Crusher's dugout. Once again, our three-man Frontier League umpiring crew tonight with Trevor Klosterman behind the plate calling the balls and strikes. Mike Weinstein is the first base umpire and Eric Eckert at third. Kraft leads from second, one out. One ball and two strikes, still the count on Oliver. Open stance, leaning back on the left side. Now the pitch. Swing and a miss, a slider down and in, and Oliver strikes out. So Tavares had only struck out seven his first two outings combined, but he has begun his third Grizzlies start with a couple of Ks in the first three batters, and there are two down for the aforementioned cleanup man, Trevor Achenbaugh. All Grizzlies strikeouts are brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. Play it safe this season. Call Julie before you dig. Simply dial 811. It's smart. It's free. It's the law. Slider taken down at outside for ball one by the right-hand batting Achenbaugh. 282 average. He has homered twice, driven in three. His second home run came last night. Tied the game at six apiece with nobody out at that top of the seventh inning. The pitch. Fastball lifted into... Left center field, it's carrying a bit. Woodcock is back for it in front of the track, stops and makes the catch to retire the side. No runs, one hit, a crusher left at second base. We go to the bottom of the first inning. Lake Erie nothing and Gateway coming up on the Grizzlies Media Network. Adopt US Kids presents what to expect when you're expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Jelly, jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous, as in Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. 
A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Ben goes to the mound for Lake Erie as we head to the bottom of the first inning after his crushers gave him a hit and Stephen Kraft moved to second on a pass ball but he was stranded there as Jorge Tavares put up a zero for Gateway in the top of the inning and now his Grizzlies will come to the plate of the home first with Diaz Prather and more due up than follow Rosario Johnson, Jones, Jones and Woodcock against a Crusher's defense that uh, has piled up the errors this year, although didn't make any last night. Well, Gateway made four. Lake Erie has Oliver in left, Dunstan in center, Kraft in right. Third to first on the infield, it's Bettencourt, Achenbaugh, MacArthur, and Wofford with De La Rosa, the catcher. For the six foot three, 245 pound southpaw, Ryan Firabend out of Crafton, Ohio. Up there in the Cleveland area, he works out of the windup from the center of the rubber to the switch batter, Abdiel Diaz, who takes a fastball though for ball one. Diaz batting from the right side. He had two more hits last night, hitting 333 without a home run. He's knocked in four. Watto pitch is taken for a strike of the inner third, and it's one and one. Firabend in his First year with the Crushers, he's made two starts so far. One and one offering. Diaz takes inside ball two. Sort of a rocky start and took the loss in his Crushers debut against Southern Illinois. But his last outing went much better in Evansville on the 3rd of June. Six and two thirds innings, he allowed just one run on three hits. The pitch, Diaz swings in front of a good change up two and two. Nine strikeouts in that game for Fearbend without a walk. He comes in having K'd 12, walked only two in 10 and one-third innings. His second stint in independent baseball. Two and two delivery. Diaz takes low, three balls, two strikes. He was with the York Revolution of the Atlantic League all the way back in 2012. He went nine and five with a 2.7 earned run average in the Atlantic League, which is considered generally to have the highest quality of play of the mainstream independent leagues. Payoff pitch is roped back into center field, down a base hit in front of Dunstan, so Diaz continues to tear it up out of the leadoff spot of this homestand, and he has a leadoff single for Gateway to start the bottom of the first in a scoreless game. That's the first Grizzlies hit of the ball game, and it's brought to you by Montclair Animal Hospital. Is your furry friend not feeling well or in need of an annual checkup? Whatever the need, you can bring your pets to Montclair Animal Hospital, where their mission is to give each pet their full attention. So here is the lefty batter, Jay Prather. Speaking of hot on this homestand, Mr. Prather has been hitting the ball very well. Open stance, back of the box, slight bend of the knees. Furaben throws over to first, and Diaz dives back. 
Prather has a 355 average now for the year, two home runs and four RBIs. He was three out of four with a walk last night. The pitch, Jay takes a fastball for a strike. He had a homer, a double, a walk, a fly out, and a single. He scored three runs and drove in another. In Gateway's loss last night, and despite his stature, now leads the club in slugging. Firaben from the shoulders brings it in. Prather lifts a fly ball, slicing down the left field line toward the corner, and it is down past the diving Oliver and goes into the bullpen or uh, bullpen ramp up toward the clubhouses. That is very unlucky for the Grizzlies. Had that ball not spun off the bounce up and out of play toward the tunnel next to the left field fence that leads up to the visitor's clubhouse. Diaz certainly would have scored, and Prather probably would have had a triple. Instead, it's a double for Jay, his fifth of the year. He now has seven extra base hits, and this is only his ninth appearance for Gateway. He looks like he's going to make a living out of exactly that. I think that's his third double already that's just been a fly ball well placed, slicing away from the left fielder into the corner. So Diaz at third. Prather at second, nobody out, scoreless game in the last of the first, and here is Ty Moore. The pitch is a changeup taken for a strike. Moore, the left-handed batter, is in his sixth gateway game, hitting 308, no extra base hits, two RBIs. He has not yet struck out, walked once and been hit by a pitch. He was three for three with a walk and a hit by pitch last night, drove in a run and scored one. He takes low, one ball and one strike. The quartet at the top of the Grizzlies order did damage yesterday. Gateway knocked out 16 hits, only to lose by five runs. Second and third here, though, nobody out. Nothing, nothing in the bottom of the first. Lefty to lefty, here it is. More swings and tops one up first and foul. So it's one ball and two strikes. The thing with Moore is when he gets outs, they're loud outs, and that's perfect for this situation. Just a deep fly ball will almost certainly bring Diaz home. Although with how the Grizzlies pitched and defended yesterday, they might be thinking they're going to need more than a run or two here and there. Crooked number in this inning could go a long way for the confidence of a team that's lost three in a row. One-two pitch is a slider down and away, and Moore chased it and strikes out. So for the first time as a Grizzly, time Moore has gone down on strikes. It's the first one for Firaben. And there's one away with Chase Vado coming up. Powerful right-handed batter, 350 on the year, one home run, four batted in. Fira Ben the stretch and the pitch. Follow swings and drives one to center field. Dunstan goes back. He's still going to the track. At the wall, it bangs off the top of the fence. Diaz jogs home to score. Prather follows him in. It's a two-run double for Chase Volo, and the Grizzlies lead 2-0 in the first inning. When Ryan Fearbend was drafted, Chase Volo was six years old but he just took him 
about 400 feet to dead center field and banged it off the very top of the 16-foot fence for a two-run double in the first inning. So here's Jose Rosario, the oldest Grizzly, and he is still six years Fiorbens Jr. Right-hand batter with a 267 average, has not yet homered, he's driven in two. Fiorben ready, and the pitch. Rosario swings, drives one left center field. This is deep to the wall, it is gone! The first gateway home run for Jose Rosario, a two-run shot to left. He and Valo, after the two-run double, now have a two-run homer, and it's a 4-0 first-inning lead for Gateway. The top of the order packing a punch for the second straight night, and it's 4-0 Grizzlies in the first inning. Ryan Fierabend has been welcomed to Sojay in a big way. So here is the lefty batter Axel Johnson hitting 211 with a couple of home runs and eight batted in. The pitch. Johnson checks his swing on a curve for a very late strike call. Oh my goodness. That might have been a strike. It was around the outside of the knees and the ball was almost in flight back to the mound before it was called. No balls, one strike to count. Here it comes. Johnson swings and misses, 0-2. That Grizzlies homer, as they all are, brought to you by Trost Plastics, family-owned vinyl fencing specialist, serving the St. Louis metro area since 1988. Hit it over the fence with Trost Plastics fence and deck specialists. Johnson waits down 0-2. Here it is. He swings and misses late on a fastball and strikes out. So that's a couple of Ks for Firabend. Unfortunately for him, the Grizzlies are still hitting 1,000 on balls in play and have racked up four runs in this first inning to build a 4-0 lead with two down and nobody on for Eric Jones. Right-hand batter is 0 for 5 in his first two appearances as a Grizzly. Firabend winds and deals. Jones takes a strike over the inside. Firabend was drafted out of Midview High School in Grafton in the third round by the Mariners back in 2003. And he made his debut with Seattle shortly thereafter as a 21-year-old, September of 2006. The pitch, swing and a foul back by Jones 0-2. That's a very fast timeline, especially for a player drafted out of high school he uh, went straight from AA San Antonio at the time in the Texas League up to the majors where he had a promising first 17 innings with Seattle in 06, but couldn't replicate it in 2007. The pitch, Jones swings and fists a soft liner through the left side, down a base hit. That is the first Grizzlies hit for Eric Jones. So Rosario had his first gateway homer and Jones has his first gateway hit in this first inning. He's aboard with two down, 
and then it extends to Justin Jones. And with that hit, he is now the last Grizzly to find the column, and now everyone who has participated in a game as a hitter for Gateway has at least one hit. Jones, the righty batter, 154 average, no home runs, three batted in. Wofford holds Jones at first, and Justin Jones at the plate checks his swing and takes a ball. Maybe inside, maybe low. Fearben couldn't believe it. The catcher, De La Rosa, had already pointed out to him to say, good pitch. One ball, no strikes. Fearben stretches and delivers. Jones takes a changeup to even the count, one ball, then one strike. You made an interesting point about him being kind of fast-tracked through the minor leagues. That was really sort of towards the tail end of the fast-tracking era. Once the 2010s came around, that really started to become extremely uncommon. One and one pitch. Jones grounds it sharply up third and foul, one and two. And it's interesting, too, because as that has happened, and partially for the same reasons, teams have also become much more protective of their young pitchers' arms, especially the guys they take out of high school, but even the college pitchers. I mean, Steven Strasburg had college experience, and the Nationals passed up uh, what at the time was their best chance ever in their young history to win a World Series in order to protect his elbow. And you wonder if teams might consider a little more fast-tracking again 1-2 pitch is a slider taken low, 2-2, two and two, just to try to save those innings. And if you're going to have guys who are in the majors still developing, like Strasburg was, if you don't feel the arm is ready enough to just be a major league pitcher, that they're still on an inning count, might as well call them up a, a little bit earlier, especially if you're not a, a very good team, learn a little bit on the job. 2-2 two and two pitch. Jones swings and grounds it up third. Again, just barely foul. This one was closer. Went in and out of the glove of Betancourt of the backhand. And that's an interesting point, too. And, you know, you between guys coming out of college, for example, between the innings you pitch during the spring, collegiate summer ball, you have a lot of guys who get drafted and then have hidden innings limit to not pitch for the rest of their first professional season or not even to appear in their first professional season. Having to wait till the next year. That's what happened with Mike Leake. He's the last one, as far as I can tell, to go straight to the bigs without playing in the minors. Two balls, two strikes, still on Jones. The pitch, swing at a fly ball into medium deep left. It might be carrying a little bit. Oliver is at the track, he's at the wall. He jumps and it goes off the fence. Eric Jones rounds third and scores on an RBI double by Justin Jones. The ball is carrying for the first time all season tonight. It didn't look like Justin had a whole lot behind that, but it went all the way off the middle of the fence in straightaway left field, and Oliver couldn't get up to get it, so it's a 5-0 gateway lead, and the Grizzlies will send their ninth man to the plate in the first inning. What an inning. Well, we talked about it, and this is maybe a little sooner than expected, but that there is a transition that happens in June when the ball really starts to carry in this ballpark. This is the first time we've seen it in Gateway's ninth home game now of the year. But the ball is flying tonight. Lefty to lefty, the pitch to Dustin Woodcock. It's a fastball ripped into center. Dunstan goes back, still going. It's over his head and off the wall. Jones rounds third and scores. Woodcock scoots up to second. It's another two-out RBI double. The Grizzlies 
fourth extra base hit, make it fifth extra base hit of the inning, and it's a 6-0 gateway lead in the first. And to add insult to injury, they batted around. Well, we'll have to get into this, but uh, it's a long-standing policy of the Grizzlies Media Network that batting around is only nine, and the tenth man doesn't have to come up. We can we can discuss it. This is a this is a strongly held opinion. It's been a, a an entire well, inning either, at well, times well, when well, when well, either way you didn't say it before the last at bat. That's true. I just said ninth man. That is fair. So an RBI double for Woodcock. That's his third double of the year. He's at second with two down. And there's a mound visit happening, but a right-hander just up and loosening in the Crusher's bullpen, so it doesn't look like there's going to be a move just yet. But not the way Ryan Fearavend would have seen this outing going. Sam Curtis, a right-hander, is first one up over there on the left side of that right-field bullpen. Six runs on seven hits for the Grizzlies in this first inning. They still have not made an out on a ball in play. And meanwhile, just to further the case of how long Thierben's been around, Curtis, man who could very well come in to replace him soon, still in elementary school when Thierben debuted in the mix. Yeah, true of a lot of these players that they would have been 10, 11 years old or younger when Thierben debuted in 2006. He has pitched with five different major league organizations in the show with three of them, Seattle, Texas, and Toronto. Also spent time at AAA with Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Was with York, as mentioned, in the Atlantic League back in 2012. And then four seasons in Korea in the KBO. Pitch to Diaz is taken for a strike over the outside with two different teams, including the KT Wiz, where he had a very nice 2017 season, earned run average just over three in what is generally considered the third best, third best professional baseball league in the world. The pitch. Diaz takes low. One ball, one strike on the Grizzlies' leadoff man who started the inning with a single. Came around to score the first of a half dozen Grizzlies runs. Two down in the home first, and Dustin Woodcock out at second base. One ball, one strike on Diaz. The pitch. He swings and bounces it up third and foul, one and two. I would imagine the NPBL in Japan would be two in there. Yeah, I think that's a general, general consensus. I think it's like... Japan's just above AAA, and KBO's just right below it. I would say Korea is probably comparable with, with American AAA. It's sort of comparable to some uh, how some might compare the, the G League in basketball to European leagues in that they're, they're similar. One, two pitches down and in, two balls and two strikes. No, it hit Diaz on the way by. So he's on for the second time in the inning. In that, if you're at AAA, obviously, especially as a maybe a relief pitcher or something, you have a much better chance of getting called up to the majors at any particular moment, but uh, generally not going to be able to make very much money, whereas oftentimes the money on offer in Korea or in Japan can be substantial, even for those players, sort of like Ryan Fearben, we might consider quad-A players, guys who have been at AA and AAA an awful lot, have had plenty of success, but never really been successful in the major leagues. Again, though, only 20,000 plus a handful human beings in history, pitch to Jay Prather, is a curve taken for a strike, have ever played in the major leagues. You could fit every single one of them inside Madison Square Garden and have a section or two left over. So it really is 
almost nonsensical to even talk about someone not having success in the major leagues because of the astronomical amount of success required just to get there in the first place for even one game. That's only like, what, three, less than three and a half GCS credit union ballparks? Yeah. Yeah, it's about, about uh, three and a little bit best night in, or greatest night in baseball crowds. One strike pitch is swung on and bounced through the right side. No, a diving stop by the first baseman Wofford. He flips to Firabend covering for the out. So the first out that the Crushers record on a ball put in play is a dandy. Nice play by Wofford, and he goes to Firabend to retire the side. It took Firabend 33 pitches, and the Grizzlies racked up six runs on seven hits, two men left on base. We go to the second inning, 6 nothing gateway on the Grizzlies media network. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at Do I Have Pre- Brody Wofford leads off the top of the second for Lake Erie. Left-handed batter against the righty Jorge Tavares. He winds and delivers. Wofford grounds it sharply to second. It's gloved in short right by Diaz, who fires to Eric Jones at first for the out. One pitch and one retired for Tavares, and that is the recipe now for Jorge with a 6-0 lead. After his offense sent 11 men to the plate in the first inning, scored six runs on seven hits. Five of those seven went for extra bases. Doubles by Prather, Valo, Jones, and Woodcock, and a two-run homer by Jose Rosario. So now the batter is Brian De La Rosa, right-hand hitting Crusher's catcher. Straightaway stance back of the box. Tavares nods at the Valo sign and brings it in. De La Rosa taking all the way, and the fastball just missed low for a ball. De La Rosa hitting at even 200. He has homered once and driven in seven. 1-0 pitch from Tavares. Is a fastball taken to the belt for a strike. 
6-0 gateway with one out, nobody on in the top of the second inning. And Tavares will want to live in the strike zone now with that half-dozen run lead. One and one offering. De La Rosa takes strike two over the inside of the belt. And Tavares has been reliable in that regard. Six innings in his first start, five and two-thirds in his second. In both, he has given up some runs, three and then four. Uh, just over a hit per inning coming in, but that'll work fine with a six-run lead. One-two pitch is a curve foul back. The name of the game now for Tavares is to try to make the Crushers earn it. Don't give them free base runners and set up a situation where just one hit, if it's a big one, especially a home run, could score three or four runs and save the bullpen. One-two pitch again. De La Rosa takes a slider down and away. Two balls and two strikes. That last point is an especially big one after Sebastian Kise was forced out of his start last night after three and two-thirds innings with injury. Here it comes. De La Rosa swings and grounds one sharply back up the middle into center field of base hit. One-out single for De La Rosa, the second crusher's head. Kraft had a one-out single in the first but was stranded at second base. And it brings up Dylan Jones. Left-hand batting right fielder. Black sleeve on his left arm, black batting gloves. Purple helmet and jersey with a white Lake Erie in capital block lettering across the chest. Tavares at the belt, the pitch. Jones bounces it up first and foul. Jones is thus far this year in seven Crusher's appearances, 0 for 17. He has driven in two runs. He's also walked twice and been hit by a couple of pitches. So he's been on base, but 0 for 17 with nine strikeouts. One strike on him. Tavares fires. Jones takes high. One ball, one strike. Six nothing gateway. One out in the top of the second. De La Rosa at first base where Eric Jones holds him on. The middle infielders are double played out. The stretch by Tavares and the one and one pitch on the way. Jones takes a slider down and in. Javier Betancourt is on deck and he would bat if Jones does not end this inning on some kind of double play. Tavares ready, and here's his 2-1 offering. Jones fouls it back over the screen and out of play. Two balls and two strikes. Tavares has thus far thrown 25 pitches. 17 of them have been strikes. Ryan Firabend, to his credit, lived in the zone in the first inning, and maybe it was his undoing in the end. He threw 25 of his 33 pitches for strikes. Runner got a huge jump. Jones rips a line drive past first base. A fair ball down into the Crusher's bullpen. He has his first Crusher's hit of the year. De La Rosa moves up to third as Prather gets it back into the infield. Tavares hadn't thrown over. De La Rosa got a massive jump off of him at first base. That was going to be an easy steal of second, but it almost worked against him. Had Eric Jones been able to catch the Dylan Jones screamer at first base, that would have been the easiest double play 
you will ever see because De La Rosa, not only would he have had no chance to get back, he probably wouldn't have even known what happened until he was already out. But it got past Eric Jones at first and landed just fair inside the right field line. So Crusher's on the corners, one out, 6-0 gateway in the second. And the pitch to Javier Betancourt is not going to come home. Tavares steps off. So Jones now one out of 18 on the year. That had to feel good for the young left-hand batter. Righty to righty here. The pitch is a fastball taken for a strike. Number nine batter General MacArthur is on deck for the Crushers. Jones holds Jones at first. There's a throw over that way and it's wide. That will score De La Rosa. Dylan Jones moves up to second on an error charge to the pitcher, Jorge Tavares. The Grizzlies coming into this series had made four errors in 10 games. They've made five in their last 10 and one third innings. Another error charge to the pitcher as well. E1s have piled up for Gateway over the last week. Tanner Cable had a big one in the Florence series. Cody Thompson picked one up in that disastrous seventh inning last night, and it gets the Crushers on the board here. So Dylan Jones now out at second base with one out. Gateway's lead is six to one in the second, and here is a one-strike pitch to Javier Betancourt on the way. Swing and a miss at a slider down and outside. That had very sharp late break to it and ended up at least a foot from the strike zone, maybe two. Deceptive pitch that got Betancourt to offer at it. He's hitting 156 this year, does not have an extra base hit. One RBI to his credit. No balls, two strikes. Tavares throws, and Betancourt this time lays off the slider down and away. The story coming in, or what we told you yesterday, was Lake Erie struggles to hit, and Gateway plays good defense. Well, the Crushers have 20 hits in 10 and a third innings, and the Grizzlies have five errors. One-two pitch. Betancourt swings and misses. A slider down and outside. He went for the first one. He laid off the second one, but he couldn't resist number three, and it's a third strikeout as well for Tavares. All of those are brought to you by Julie, the Illinois One Call System. So two down in the top of the second inning. Dylan Jones still at second base. And here is the Crusher's number nine batter, second baseman General MacArthur, who climbs into the right-hand box. Tall right-hand batter in the straightaway stance. Chokes up a little bit off the bat. Pitch to him as a fastball taken up and away for ball one. MacArthur's made to look a little bit taller because he, like Sean Dunstan Jr., the leadoff man who's on deck, has the high socks with his pants pulled up all the way clean over the tops of his knees. Tavares ready, and the 1-0 pitch. MacArthur takes down an outside ball two. He's also wearing black socks while Dunstan wears purple. So I guess the Crusher's are uh, very fashion forward, whatever you feel like wearing. 
2-0 pitch. MacArthur takes high ball three. Still classified as a rookie one, MacArthur, but technically in his second year in the Frontier League, he did play briefly with Windy City in 2019. He had a couple of doubles in 12 at-bats for the Thunderbolts. Appeared in seven games. This is his eighth appearance with Lake Erie. Fastball taken for a strike, three and one. 250 for the Crushers so far. No home runs. He does have a double and an RBI. And it's a homecoming of sorts. He was a second-team all-conference selection back in 2018 at Missouri Baptist. 3-1 pitch. Fastball fouled back over the screen, and it's full three balls, two strikes. Maybe a half-hour's drive from here. Gateway has had some former Spartans through the years. Patrick Boyle comes to mind, a mainstay in the Grizzlies' bullpen the last couple seasons. Jones at second, two down, 6-1 gateway in the second inning, and it's three balls, two strikes on MacArthur. Tavares trying to come all the way back. He and Valo were struggling to get on the same page, and MacArthur called time. Tavares leans in for his sign from all the way on the first base side of the rubber, sets at the belt buckle, and his payoff pitch. MacArthur swings and misses at a fastball and strikes out. Back-to-back Kings for Tavares to get out of the inning. He has punched out four crushers so far and allows only an unearned run on a couple of crushers' hits and his own error. We go to the bottom of the second. Gateway 6, Lake Erie 1 on the Grizzlies Media Network. My name is Hunter Hayes. I know myself, and I know my buzzed warning signs. One shot is about knowing my limits or not necessarily knowing my limits. I start with one shot to have a good time. One of the signs that I'm starting to feel a little buzz is when I start solving not only my own problems, but the entire world's problems. When I know I'm going out, I know I'm going to start with calling for a ride. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Three, two, one. Oh, no. Which, Which button am I... Uh... When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear. Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. Calling the all-new 2021 Ford F-150 just tough is like calling me, D-Nice, just a DJ. Call it fresh with an available interior work surface for putting in work or getting in lunch. Call it connected with standard Sync 4 technology plus a huge available 12-inch touchscreen. Call it capable with available Pro Power onboard outlets for tools or turntables. Call me D-Nice. Actually, tough this smart can only be called F-150. Introducing the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Built Ford proud. Built Ford tough. Six and Lake Erie one as we go to the bottom of the second inning from GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Sojay. Nate Gatter, Brandon Ross back with you on the Grizzlies Media Network where Gateway sent 11 men to the plate in the first inning, scored six runs off of former Major Leaguer Ryan Firabend on seven hits, five of which went for extra bases. 
He also hit a batter. Struck out two. Gateway, in fact, didn't make an out on a ball in play until the final out of the inning. Jay Prater, the 11th man to come up, and that was a hard-hit bouncer to the right side that looked like it was going to get through into right field, but instead Brody Wofford made a diving snag of it to his right from first base. Lefty to lefty. Ben winds and deals to tie Moore, who swings and fists one down the left side. A fair ball. Bounce just past third base and down into the gateway bullpen. Moore digs around first. Oliver's throw to second is high. Moore slides. He is safe. Leadoff double for Ty Moore. His first extra base hit as a Grizzly. And one of only two gateway players who didn't have a hit in the first inning leads off the second with a hit. He struck out for the first out of that first inning, but he has a double the opposite way. The sixth Grizzlies extra base hit already in the first 12 batters. And here's Chase Vallo, right-hand hitter, who went to dead center off the wall for a two-run double in the first and came into score. Vera Ben ready and the pitch. Vallo takes inside and it hit him on the leg. Second man, Vera Ben is hit so far tonight. Just doesn't seem like he has his best stuff this evening. And Jose Rosario coming up. He went deep for his first Grizzlies home run against Firabend out to left center in the first inning, a two-run homer. Uh, the first pitch he saw tonight. Two on, nobody out, 6-1 gateway, and there's action again in the Crusher's bullpen. The stretch by Firabend. And the pitch. Rosario takes down the middle for a strike. Fearbend has been in the zone, but in the end it's been to his own detriment as often as anything. And unfortunately for him then, the rare occurrences in which he's missed the zone, he's often missed by a lot and in the wrong place. The pitch. Rosario takes a slider down and in. That's only the 10th ball Fearbend has thrown so far tonight, and two of them have hit people. Diaz and Valo both hit in the leg. Diaz in the first, Vado here in the second. One ball, one strike on Rosario. Here it comes. Jose takes strike two, a fastball over the inside at the belt. One ball and two strikes. Axel Johnson is on deck. Eight hits already for the Grizzlies tonight. 10-plus innings in this series. They have 24 hits. 1-2 pitch. Rosario swings and misses at a breaking ball down and inside. That is the third strikeout for Firabend all swinging, and there's one away in the second inning for Axel Johnson. Johnson struck out his first time. Moore at second, Volo at first, one away in the home second inning with Gateway already up six to one. Left-hander to left-hander, Firaband the pitch. Johnson takes a slider for a strike, just caught the outside of the knees. Eric Jones now is on deck. 
Johnson made that second out with four runs across in the first. The Grizzlies added two more on three straight hits at the bottom of the order. The pitch. Swinging a bouncing ball up first and foul. So it's 0-2 on Axel Johnson, who's been behind in the count in both at-bats. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball sliced down the left side and foul out of play. But the six runs, as impressive as they are, I don't think are as impressive as six of the 12, first 12 Grizzlies hitters having extra base hits. Or maybe even as the fact that eight gateway starters already have at least one hit. Axel Johnson is the only one without one. The pitch is taken low, one and two. And those six extra base hits all belong to different players. Nobody has doubled up yet. Two on, one out, 6-1 gateway in the second inning, and a one-ball, two-strike count on Axel Johnson. Fira bend the stretch. He sets under his chin and delivers. Johnson swings and bounces it to the right side and through. Pass MacArthur at second into right field. Moore moves up only to third and stops there. A single for Axel Johnson and four outs into the game. Every Grizzlies starter has a hit. I don't think I've ever seen anything remotely like that, let alone against a former big leaguer in Fearabend who was in the majors not even two full seasons ago or two full calendar years ago. But that is going to be all for the 35-year-old Southpaw. He is yanked by Dan Roan, and a much, much younger right-hander is coming in to replace him. The bases are full of Grizzlies with one out in the bottom of the second inning. It's already a 6-1 to one gateway lead, and Jones and Jones are coming to the plate when we get back on the Grizzlies Media Network. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Three, two, one. Oh no. Which button am I? Oh. When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear. Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. 
Fenway 6, Lake Erie 1, and it could still get worse for the Crushers in this bottom of the second inning with one out and the bases full of Grizzlies. Ty Moore is at third after he let off with a double. Chase Vallow is at second after he was hit by a pitch. Axel Johnson is at first after he singled. He became the ninth and final member of the Grizzlies starting lineup to pick up their first hit of the night with only four outs on the board for Gateway this evening. That chases Ryan Firabend who lasts an inning and a third at the moment. He has been charged with six runs all earned on nine hits. He struck out three without a walk through 44 pitches, 33 of which were strikes. But he is still responsible for all three men on base. And he is replaced by the six-foot, 170-pound right-hander Sam Curtis from Lincoln, California. Curtis is making his third appearance of the year. He has no record, a 3.17 earned run average. Five and two-thirds innings. He struck out nine and walked three. The league is hitting 200 against him. And he starts with the righty batter, Eric Jones. Here it is. Jones swings and misses a belt high fastball over the inside, a big cut. And that gives us a chance to introduce our special guest, Grizzlies general manager, Steve Gomrick, who does join us from time to time, always with an agenda. But tonight, I don't know what that is, which makes this especially scary, but also exciting for you. You just invited me onto the air. Well, you invited yourself, but you're the boss. <laughs> that is not what happened. The pitch is fouled <laughs> off at the plate 0-2. No agenda tonight. Nothing? There is a lot of things that we have to get better at in this organization, and um, our checklist is long. I've given my staff until July 1 to make things right, and that's my promise to the fans is be patient with us until July 1. I'll be patient until July 1. After July 1, I won't accept some of the things that are going on. Jones with a line drive through the left side, a base hit. Moore comes in to score. Volo moves up and stops at third. Everybody goes station to station. It's an RBI single for Eric Jones, who after five at Grizzlies at bats without a hit this year, is now two for two and has his first gateway RBI. And it's a seven to one Grizzlies lead in the second, which brings up Justin Jones. So how are you enjoying Vimeo? I think it's been excellent, although I haven't uh, watched many games yet. I suppose our, uh, our, our good fans out there will be the ones to watch. And uh, we're welcoming in, of course, all the Crushers fans as well this, uh, this weekend with, or this week with Lake Erie not uh, traveling a broadcaster this year. I will wager you that Tom Kramig is watching online. He spearheaded the effort. And I give him a lot of kudos because it wasn't easy, and getting things done in a 16-team you know, league is never easy. So... Kudos to Tom Kramick. Curve taken down and outside by Jones. It's 1-0. He had a double and an RBI and came in to score himself back in the first inning. The six of six runs for the Grizzlies in the first. They now lead 7-1 with the bases loaded and one out of the second. Curtis delivers the 1-0 pitch, and Jones takes high ball two. Probably the biggest the league has ever been, right, at 16 teams? Yes. Obviously only 14 playing this year. but We, we were at 14 before, so... Yeah, 16 uh, members in the league right now, and it's uh, could be growing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see about with the what next season brings. So I suppose then that next season will be the biggest year in the history of the league. Two old pitches at the knees for a strike. Biggest footprint all the way up to Canada, all the way out to New Jersey. Yeah, you know, somebody asked me about this yesterday, and I, I didn't know the answer, especially because this year it didn't turn out to be relevant. But uh, – what is the, the long-term travel plan? Is it going to be buses even for the Grizzlies and Florences and Southern Illinois of the world all the way up to Quebec? Do one pitch. 
Swinging a bouncer toward third. Gloved there by Betancourt. He comes home for one. Relay to first is off Jones' back, and it skitters away toward the Lake Erie bullpen. But Jones is going to be called out for runner's interference, and it's a double play. So we saw this rule applied similarly to this in the World Series on Trey Turner in 2019. And the rule is really quite stringent in its most literal interpretation. That's how Trevor Klosterman is calling it here. So technically speaking in this situation, if Justin Jones is not in the running lane all the way up, meaning if he is running at any point past the 45-foot mark of the first baseline, inside the baseline by any amount, not three feet, but if he is inside the baseline at all in fair territory, he then cannot interfere in any way with the first baseman's ability to catch the ball, whether it's purposeful or not, whether he's over the bag or not. Even if he then is back in the running lane by the time he hits first base, he has already conceded that right. The only way that he can in any way impede the first baseman is if he has been in the running lane all the way. It's really an absurd rule, and it shouldn't be the way it is, and we've seen it time and again cause chaos in Major League Baseball. But if we get a second look, and that is what happened, want to give at least Trevor Klosterman his credit because it is not his responsibility to change the rule on the fly. Do you know what I can go do now? Go watch it. I can go watch it on Vimeo. Kudos to Tom Kramick. Indeed. Yes, so kudos. I'll, I'll get back with you. I'll go rewind it. I'll watch it. I'll see how it went. And I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you my, my, you know, dime store opinion of what actually happened down there. Our sideline reporter, Steve Gomery. I don't know that, I don't know that I'm going to see him inside that line there. It was so close to the bag. That's the part of it that you're like, well, they have to step on the bag at some point in time. And that's the part that nailed Trey Turner. So he actually got called for the same thing earlier this season in a game at Wrigley Field. And he was saying, basically, I learned from the World Series. I was very careful. I was right on the bag. And he was right. But about 30 feet earlier, he had been running maybe 6 to 12 inches inside the foul line. And you could see his left foot hitting. And so even then, as he comes into first base he's still liable to be called for it because technically the rule says that a runner may exit the running lane in order to touch first base but if he was never in it in the first place then he can't exit it and so the literal interpretation that has been taken by major league umpires is that if you're not in the running lane all the way no matter where you are when you hit first base if you interfere with the first baseman even accidentally you're out and i think that's absurd but it is a fair reading of the law as it stands can I just tell you that was a bad throw by their catcher? It was a bad throw. And, and not to be mean, that's a bad that's a bad interpretation by that umpire. It, 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 if the guy makes a, a solid throw where he's supposed to throw the ball, he's out. He made a bad throw. It hit the runner in the back. He wasn't he wasn't impeding him. He's at least three-quarters of the way in that lane. Now, maybe he was out a little bit, but that's a terrible call by that umpire. Well, but that's the question is, is it a terrible call or is it a terrible rule? As pitch is low for ball one to Sean Dunstan, Jr., former Grizzly at the top of the Lake Erie order. We begin the top of the third with Gateway up 7-1, and the pitch is high 2-0. I'm sure if the Gateway Grizzlies were in the field at that point in time, I would think it was a great interpretation. Of, of course. <laughs> you can understand players' confusion, though. 2-0 pitch. Dunstan swings and misses. I remember being taught as a kid, and you probably do too, that if there's a bunt or – maybe a drop third strike or some other situation like that exact play where the throw is going to be coming from the catcher and he's going to be in fair territory up the third base line a little bit. 2-1 delivery from Tavares is bounced up first in foul 2-2. Two and two, That you want to do exactly that. You want to run to the inside of the baseline and make it more difficult. And I think the answer is just that 
umpires in the pros have started to catch on to that and, and make that call. But again, to your point, I don't think Justin Jones was doing anything purposely nefarious. I think the catcher made a bad throw. He did, which is interesting. 2-2 two -two pitch. Dunstan pops it up into short left center. Long way in for Johnson, but he is there on the move to make the catch. Because had that throw obviously been poor but to the opposite direction and pulled the first baseman off the bag, we wouldn't have the conversation. And it's even possible, I think Jones would have been out, but you never know. If he had made a poor throw and taken something off of it, Jones probably would have been safe. But because he throws it into the baseline, it, it does give the umpire at least the opportunity to make that call. Here's Stephen Kraft, right-hander to right-hander. Tavares delivers, and Kraft tops it foul to the backstop. Nothing in one. I think Tavares is going to be my favorite pitcher. Was saying uh, in the last inning that he's sort of the perfect guy, especially to have out there with a big lead because of how he likes to pound the zone. And uh, the Grizzlies really need him for some length tonight, and he's given that reliably. Kraft takes a breaking ball that stays high, one and one. So, Nate Gatter, you sound great on the air, just so you know. Um, you're Thanks to Tom Kramick again. No, no, no. You, <laughs> you're, you, you, were on, you would be on your radio as well. So, Broken bat, Looper down the right side, slicing foul, and down into the Lake Erie bullpen. Nobody had a chance to get to that one, one and two. So, is law school actually in your plans? What are we doing here? I'm asking. Well, we will see. We're going we're gonna to see about how that goes. Okay. If, if any uh, potential other employers are, are watching, they're welcome Listening. to give me work. Yeah. He's got a 172 out of 180 on his <laughs> oh own my set. Goodness. So there what you are go. We, what are we doing right now? Little resume builder. 7-1 to one with one out and nobody on in the top of the third. Stephen Kraft has replaced his bat with a count at 1-2. and two. He singled his first time, one of three hits for the Crushers off of Tavares. Their only run was technically unearned after an error by Jorge himself on a would-be pickoff attempt in the second. The pitch, a curve that backs up inside, two balls and two strikes. So you mentioned that we have this uh, sort of July 1st, uh, it's almost like a soft open for the first month of the season. And uh, then July 1st is when things tend to heat up anyway in a normal year. Two and two pitch is a fastball topped up third and foul. How has this season been different, the lead up to it from your perspective and in your job different than any other season you've yeah. ever been in charge of? Uh, the only season that's comparable is when you were opening the stadium. And even then, when we had things, like when we were opening things up. Curve drops in, strike three call. That's the fifth for Tavares for the second out of the third, brought to you by Julie, the Illinois One Call System. Everything was brand new. So if you were building a popcorn machine, you knew it was going to work because it was brand new. So we had a lot of things where things have been shut down for 18 months, 19 months, and now you're trying to start them back up. You know, we had corrosion on a video capture card. We couldn't connect to our scoreboard for two weeks. You know, how am I going to check for corrosion on a video capture card? The only year that's comparable was when we opened the stadium up. We've lost so much talent as far as, like, you know, institutional knowledge because we lost seven of our employees. You know, we're down, we were down to three or four employees, and it just – it led to like, okay, we've got a lot of green, a lot of people that don't understand the systems that we're working in. And so it's like re-educating an entire organization on how to do things. Connor Oliver fouls a pitch back. It's one ball and one strike. I remember, was it 2003 this ballpark opened? 2001. 2001. The uh, 
I remember you telling a story. Excuse me, excuse me 2002. 2002. One and one pitch. So I'm going to foul back, and it's one and two. I remember you telling a story, and I think it would have been in the lead-up to this ballpark opening. It could have been in the lead-up to the franchise starting at Sojay Field. But you guys were operating out of a, a trailer, I think, at the time, and there were phone line issues, and uh, you were just young salesmen strapping young Steve Gomrick trying to uh, to figure out how to sell all the tickets that were in demand at that time. Pitch bounces in two and two. And ha the chaos of that, and I assume at least in pure chaos, that must have been comparable. No, not really, because I knew exactly what I was doing. It was just the sheer volume of it. It was sure. just, just repeating something that we knew how to do. That's where the difference is, is that we're trying to do a whole bunch of stuff brand new again. Swing and a fly ball high into center. The ball's carrying, but Woodcock has room to stop in front of the track and make the catch to retire the side. A 1-2 training for Jorge Tavares in the top of the third, and we will say goodbye to Mr. Steve Gomrick. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Nice being on the air with you, Mr. Gatter. 7-1 to one is the gateway lead through two and a half in Sojay. And so you heard the man. Uh, get your tickets to come on out to the ballpark, gatewaygrizzlies.com, or call at 618-337-3000. He mentioned July 1 as being the date to target. Well, Gateway only has a handful of home games left between now and then. The Grizzlies, uh, after tomorrow night, will be on the road for 12 of their next 15 games. They'll be back not this weekend, but the following one, starting on June 18th and 19th and 20th, against Joliet and then they won't be home again until June 28th which will be the first home series against Southern Illinois so uh, only seven home games remaining not counting tonight until that July 1st deadline when uh, everything is going to be truly up and rolling so you got a little look behind the camera there or behind the curtain uh, in the case of the Grizzlies behind the camera maybe in the case of Frontier League TV and our thanks your thanks most likely to Tom Kramig uh, who is the uh, owner and and really little bit of everything man for the crushers and uh, a lot of work that he put into it and, and getting everybody on board and from what I've heard the reviews have been uh, very positive I know the the players and coaches around the league have really appreciated it if for no other reason than having the essentially instant game film available oftentimes when I walk into Cameron Roth's office after a ball game uh, instead of what normally would have been a major league game on the TV it's someone else in the frontier league playing a ball game finishing up uh, after the Grizzlies do. So it's been uh, a lot of fun to have that, and we hope you all are enjoying that as much as we're enjoying bringing it to you. But season just getting rolling, game number 12 out of 96, although already home game number nine out of 48. So the, uh, the home season is starting to dwindle even a little bit. We're gonna be more than 20% of the way through the home season after tomorrow night's game. And so if you want to get your tickets, now's the time at gatewaygrizzlies.com or by calling 618-337-3000. Steve Gomrick is reporting back to us, by the way, about that Justin Jones play when the runner's interference call was made. He says he's right on the line going up to first base. And if he didn't step at any point into fair territory, if he was, I believe on the foul line would be considered in the lane in this sense, even though technically that is fair territory. But if he didn't step onto the fair side of the line, if we will, I, or if you will, I believe he is fine. But that's a very interesting rule and one that I think has been, uh, I'm surprised hasn't been revisited in an off season since that 2019 World Series, especially since it was such a high profile call that the umpire at home plate did get right, but in a way that was not well received. 
Curtis delivers to Dustin Woodcock, who takes a fastball strike to start the home third. Gateway's up 7-1 to one, with nobody on and nobody out. Woodcock, and then the top of the order, Diaz and Prather scheduled up. The windup and the pitch. Woodcock pops it up off his hands. Foul ground left side, slicing toward the screen, and it gets into the screen past the outstretched glove of Javier Betancourt. It's 0-2. Going back to that play, originally, at least from my vantage point, I had looked at it and thought that, obviously it was thrown to his back, but I thought maybe it accidentally slapped the ball out a la Alex Rodriguez to Bronson Arroyo in the 2003 ALCS. Although I don't know that accidentally was the operative word in that instance. Well, that was not an accident. No balls, two strikes on Woodcock. Here it comes. Dustin takes a fastball high, ball one. He had an RBI double in the first inning. One of, or rather the only Grizzly to not get two at-bats in the first two innings. 17 men came to the plate for Gateway. 11 in the first, six in the second. And it would have been more if not for that Interference call for the double play at first base to end the second inning. 1-2 pitch. Woodcock swings and grounds it to second. Right at MacArthur, who vacuums it up cleanly and flips to first for the out. And lost in uh, all the hubbub of a celebrity appearance by our friend Mr. Gomrick was Jorge Tavares turning in the first 1-2-3 inning of the night for either pitcher in the top of the third and doing so efficiently in a way that bodes well for the Grizzlies' ability to leave him out there at least six innings. They'd love to get even more. And the more runs they add, the longer the leash can be for Mr. Tavares. Here is Abdiel Diaz, the switch-hitting leadoff man who bats for the first time from the left side. Curtis deals, and Diaz takes high for a ball. He had a single and a run in the first, then was hit by a pitch later in the first inning in his two at-bats against Lake Erie starter Ryan Fierabond. The left-handed starter had Diaz batting right-handed, and now he swings around to hit from the left side. Curtis works from the third base out of the rubber. Here he comes. Diaz fouls it back. One ball, one strike. Scoring has not been a problem. Certainly racking up hits has not been a problem for the Grizzlies in this series. 11 out of third innings against Lake Erie. Gateway has scored now 13 runs on 26 hits. One on one pitch. Swing and a miss by Diaz. A ball and two strikes. And that's after the issue decidedly was scoring against Florence. Gateway lost 1-0 Sunday and 4-2, or a 6-4 I should say on Saturday. But the errors causing problems for the Grizzlies, to be sure. Diaz waits. Curtis deals. Diaz swings at a high fastball and tops a slow chopper to second. MacArthur charges, gets the second hop, and sidearms to first to get Diaz by a step and a half. And there are two men out with nobody on for Jay Prather. Ground outs to second base for the first two outs in this inning. And here's Prather, who doubled and scored in the first and then was the victim of a nice diving play by Brody Wofford at first base to end the first inning. Another left-handed hitter against the righty Curtis. And Jay takes a first pitch curve over the outside for a strike. 
So Fearband ends up at an inning and a third. Six runs all earned on nine hits, three Ks, no walks. 44 pitches, 33 of which were strikes, but he got hit around. One strike delivery. Prather swings and misses in front of a curve, so Curtis doubles up on the curveballs to start Jay Prather, who's getting the respect of a, a much bigger man in the batter's box, but he has earned it. Two home runs and seven doubles in nine gateway ball games. Could still add to that number in this game, number nine for him with the Grizzlies. Two-strike pitch. Jay takes outside for a ball. Curtis in his second year of pro baseball, by the way, he was a starter for the Crushers in 2019. They picked him up from the Napa Silverados in the Pacific Association where he had a 2.2 earned run average. Now, the Pacific Association is not a particularly high level of independent baseball, but it generally favors hitters. So those are impressive numbers. One-two pitch is swung on and missed. Strikeout on a bell tie heater. So Curtis picks up his first K in a one-two three inning to answer Tavares. So after some explosive offensive innings in the first two frames, the pitchers put up dueling one-two three innings in the third. We go to the fourth. Brandon Ross will have it for you. It's Gateway 7 and Lake Erie 1 on the Grizzlies Media Network. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years, Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. at GCS Credit Union Ballpark, a 7-1 Grizzlies lead over the visiting Lake Erie Crushers. First pitch to Trevor Achenbaugh to start this fourth inning is hit hard down the left field line, but curls foul. Actually bounces on top of the clubhouse. That might be one of the more crushed foul balls we've seen here. Trevor Achenbaugh, the first man up. Cleanup man facing Jorge Tavares out for his fourth inning of work. Out of the full windup, he deals. A one foul tipped off of Chase Follows' mask behind the plate. One, 
Counts 0-2. Akinbaugh fly out to center his first time up. Dueling with Tavares, who's been rock solid for the Grizzlies so far tonight. He's on the first base side of the rubber. Red glove, waist tie. Gets the sign, kicks, and delivers 0-2. Fastball up and away. One run, it wasn't even earned. Three hits and five strikeouts without any walks. Brody Wofford's behind him. Brian De La Rosa in the hole. One, two. Curveball tries to cut in front door, but stays inside near the hands. Two, two. Wind starting to blow back out to center again here in Soje. They talked about it off the top. That could be big. 2-2. Two, two. Chopped off the front foot. Akinbaugh moves his helmet, wipes some sweat, and tries to walk it off. That wasn't pretty, and it never is. Getting the foul ball off the front foot. You have some pr protection from your cleat, but it doesn't stop everything. Not even close. That'll probably have a bruise on it tomorrow, for sure. 2-2 two, two from Tavares. Hard hit, left field. Johnson back at the track, at the wall. He looks up and hits off the top of the wall. Rolls around first, sliding for second. In the head of the throw, Trevor Akinbaugh leads off the top of the fourth with a double. That's about as high up onto the wall as you could even go here. Right off above Commerce Bank, just to the left of the light post in left center. A hard ricochet back to Johnson that gave him a chance to throw Akinbaugh down at second, but the throw was not even in time, so even if it was on line, and it was a little offline, about five feet, wouldn't have made much of a difference. Akinbaugh in second to lead off the inning. With no one gone, here's the lefty Brody Wofford. First pitch, fastball low and in. Wofford, a ground out victim to second his first time. Playing first base for the second straight night. Lefty rests the, blast bar rests the black barrel down his left shoulder. Tavares peeks back, 1-0. Way early on a curveball, swing and a miss. Wofford, a former 14th round pick of the Reds. Waits. And Tavares from the stretch delivers. 1-1 roped into right center, hard into the gap. At the wall, it bounces off a short hop. Woodcock gets there, throws it in, but not in time to do much. Achenbaugh scores with ease, and Wofford strolls into second standing with an RBI double. Brody Wofford finds the gap, brings Akinbaugh home. Crusher's tacking on some more, now seven to two. Had some help from the winds going out to center. Maybe just another gust and that's gone. But stays in the yard, now Wofford on second, one runs across, Crusher's back within five, seven to two. Ryan De La Rosa, Righty catcher settles in. Already has a single and a run score tonight. First pitch, 
off the end of the bat, nubbed towards second, fielded waist die by Diaz, sidearms to first for out number one. In the meantime, Wofford up to third base. Grizzlies can afford that movement with the five-run cushion. And with one gone, here comes Dylan Jones. In his first seven games, truly atrocious start to the season. 17 at-bats, zero hits. But got number one back in the second inning, a single wound up, guy, wound up getting stranded on second. First pitch to the lefty from the righty Tavares. Swing and a miss early on the changeup. Swung right on top of it. He's got Brody Wofford at third base. One out in the top of the fourth. Crusher's aiming to chip away at a five-run deficit. A one. Swing and a miss and another curveball. Chops under it, and it's 0-2. Jones has gone on base a couple other times, though. 0-2. Curveball low and in. Bounces off of Valo's chest. Rolls to his right, but only about five feet. Not enough room for Wofford to trot home. Javier Betancourt, the man on deck. Tavares in the stretch, first base side. Stairs down third, delivers one, two. Off the end of the bat and foul, rolling towards the Crusher's dugout. To add on to what's been so great about Tavares' performance, more than two-thirds of his pitches for strikes tonight. One, two. Curveball slices inside. And it counts 2-2. Two, two. And Tavares, at this point, we mentioned he pitched in that first regulation win of the season for Gateway. 2-2 two, two pitch. Swing and a miss. Early on another curveball. Strike three. Another strikeout brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. Simply dial before you dig. It's simple. It's free. It's the law, the number 811 to dial. Six strikeouts for Jorge Tavares and two gone in the top of the fourth. Crusher's down 7-2 at the plate. Brody Wofford on third base for Javier Betancourt. Righty-to-righty -righty matchup. Tavares kicks and deals. Fastball outside. Betancourt struck out his first time. And not only that for Tavares with that win in his last start, so far the only winning decision by a Grizzly starter this season. 1-0. Curveball sails too far outside. Certainly not the only pitcher with a win. Though there are less wins by pitchers than there are Grizzlies wins because due to the home run derby, no decisions were handed out in the win in game two of that doubleheader with Quebec. 2-0, swing and a miss. Swings on top of a pitch, dropping below the zone, 
The other Grizzlies pitchers with winning decisions. Jack Jett, after three innings, all scoreless in his Grizzly debut a few nights ago. And then Jeffrey Bramblett, who earned the win in that 6-5 victory over the Schaumburg Boomers on the road on Memorial Day. 2-1, fastball, outer part of the plate, but in the zone, strike two. Tavares shakes his head, accepts the sign, sets in the stretch, stares down third, delivers 2-2. Two -two. Breaking ball lands in the opposing batter's box, loads up the count. 3-2, two, two outs, top of the fourth. Grizzlies ahead, 7-2, crushes at the plate with a runner on third for Javier Betancourt. Righty taps the black barrel bat on home. Gold Chandler bat logo pointed back towards the mounds. 3-2 pitch, swing and a miss at a breaking ball in the dirt, strike three. Valo applies the tag. Make that seven strikeouts, the most by any pitcher for the Grizzlies in one appearance this season. And that ends the top half of the fourth inning. One run on two hits and one man stranded at third. We go to the home half of the fourth, still 7-2 Grizzlies on the Grizzlies Media Network. My kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of a stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Yeah. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. My name is Hunter Hayes. I know myself and I know my buzzed warning signs. One shot is about knowing my limits or not necessarily knowing my limits. I start with one shot to have a good time. One of the signs that I'm starting to feel a little buzz is when I start solving not only my own problems, but the entire world's problems. When I know I'm going out, I know I'm going to start with calling for a ride. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Half of the fourth in Sojay. 7-2, the Grizzlies ahead of the Crushers in game two of this three-game series. In game seven of this eight-game homestand, Gateway heading on the road for 13 of the next 16 after tomorrow night. Right now here in game two, Grizzlies cruising after a six-run first inning. Fueled by seven hits, including a two-run double from Chase Malo, a two-run home run from Jose Rosario, and another pair of RBI doubles from Justin Jones and Dustin Woodcock. That was against Ryan 
Firabend. He only went an inning and a third. Replaced in the second by Sam Curtis, who's still on the bump to start this home half of the fourth inning, facing Moore Valo Rosario. 3-4-5, righty to righty. First pitch to Moore is a curveball slicing the inside corner for strike one. Moore notched his first extra base hit as a Grizzly in the second inning. Let off with a double, came around to score. Oh, one. Hard hit, rope down the right field line, chasing it into the corner, a run to the track, but just about three feet in front of the wall. Catch is made by Dylan Jones, making his first appearance of the series tonight. And there's the first out of the inning. Almost the epitome of a Grizzly bomb. Didn't have a lot of carry. Wind almost took it out. Went probably about 295 into rights before Jones tracked it at the wall. Moore flies out for the first down. Grizzly's still ahead 7-2. With no one on, the righty Valo sets in for his third plate appearance, second official AB. First pitch, skied right side and well out of play. First time up hit a two-run double. And reached on a hit by pitch in the second. He's been a hard man to stop. Has reached base successfully in every single gateway game this season. All one from the wind from Curtis. Fastball tried to paint the outside corner, but a little bit too far off the plate. One on the count on Vala with wind being generous out to center fields. One on home. Fastball plunks him on the left shoulder. That's the second time he's been hit today. Follow visibly frustrated, chucking the bat back towards the Grizzlies dugout down the third baseline and rolling his way up to first. It was above the elbow guard, so it got him square up near the tricep on his left arm. Hands off the elbow guard to Michael Gonzalez at first base. And with one gone and one on, here's Jose Rosario. Had the two-run big fly in the first inning. Ready wiggles the tan bat above his right shoulder. First pitch out of the stretch from Curtis. High chopper, one hop over to third, over the head of a leaping Betancourt base hit. Follow turns around second, holds there. And it's a one-out single after the hit by pitch. Now the Grizzlies with two on and one out. So just to state the insanity of this Grizzlies offense right now, already everyone on the team has at least one hit. And that's now four who have reached more than once. In Valo's case, he's reached all three. Valo's on second right now, Rosario on first. One gone in the bottom of the fourth. Grizzlies ahead 7-2. And chance to tack on some more damage. Here's Axel Johnson. Lefty who singled back in the second. Righty Curtis sets the white glove chin high, delivers. First pitch is a fastball outside. Struck out swinging his first time. Was the very last batter. Ryan Fearbend took on. 
He loaded the bases before getting yanked. Double play depth for the Crushers infields. Curtis speaks back to second, deals one out. Fastball low in the zone, but just clips at the knees. Curtis taking a heavy breath. He's coming in to do damage control. And Gateway with a chance to attack on yet another crooked number. 1-1. One, one. Breaking ball inside near the hands. Usually right under the hands of Axel Johnson. Two on the count, one out, and two on. We're in the home half of the fourth inning. Grizzlies looking to add on to a 7-2 lead. Follow on second, Rosario on first. In the stretch, Curtis steals 2-1. Fastball inside, checks his swing, appealed down to third, but effectively second. Eric Eckert said he did not go around. Eckert, the third base umpire tonight, with the two runners on first and second. Position behind the mound, off to the left side. Basically, acting as a buffer right now between Axel Johnson and the shortstop, Trevor Ackenbaugh, who's closer to second base. It's part of a, I wouldn't say a shift, but a mini adjustment to account for the runners. Johnson waits. Black Batten circles above his left shoulder. 3-1. Tops it off home plate and into his arm. He steps out to walk that one off. And the count fills up. Actually removes his helmet and gets into a full crouch. Are we going to see Cam Roth and Jeff Manzo come out of the dugout? He's on one knee right now. And yep, here it comes. Cam Roth, first one to him. That's a tough one. The plate has a lot more of a rebound effect than you would might think. That one came up and, at least from my vantage point, looked like it got him in the arm. Could have gotten somewhere on the torso, but nonetheless not looking good. He's back up standing now. Helmet returned to him. Kamroff leaves, and Johnson puts the helmet back on. He's still in. Took a long time to dust that one off. He returns to a full count. 3-2, one out. Follow on second, Rosario on first. Gateway already in front, 7-2. None of the runs have been earned by Sam Curtis. Out to do long relief duty for Lake Erie. He gets ready in the stretch, third base side. Johnson crowds the plate back half of the lefty box. Big push from the wind to center field. Payoff pitch. Breaking ball on the outside corner, strike three. Curtis gets it in back door, just barely. Trevor Klosterman brings Johnson up for the second Curtis strikeout and the second out of this fourth inning. 
Grizzlies trying to avoid stranding more runners. Already three total in the first three innings, two of them in scoring position. Lalo still on second, Rosario still on first. The righty Eric Jones, two for two on the night, steps in. Righty to righty, first pitch. Early on a changeup. Swings on top of it for strike one. Jones with his two hits tonight. Became the last gateway Grizzly to get his first hit. Everyone else had joined the club already. Took him six ABs to get number one. Oh one. Curveball. Nicks the outside corner on its way, dropping out of the zone. Strike two. Of the issues with Jones at the plate, strikeouts have not been one of them. He hasn't even been K'd this year. Curtis in the stretch, peak to second 0-2 delivery. Check swing on a ball in the dirt, peel down the first. He did not go around, says Mike Weinstein. Ryan De La Rosa, the catcher, had applied the tag just in case and had a couple words for Trevor Klosterman. I don't think he went around, but that certainly was close enough to warrant an appeal. One to the count on Eric Jones. Two runners on, two outs, bottom of the fourth. Grizzlies already in front 7-4. Out of the stretch, Curtis deals. Hard hit, rope down the left field line, curling near the pole, and just foul. It landed on the ramp up to the clubhouse, just beside the fence. That was close, but it seemed to be bound to curl left to the pole most of the way down the line. Maybe about 10 more feet right. And Jones's first extra base hit as a Grizzly is a homer. Would have also given him RBIs one, two, and three of his Frontier League career. One, two pitch. Swings and misses at a breaking ball inside. Strike three. On top of another breaking pitch. And the third strikeout of this evening in long relief for Sam Curtis. Grizzlies get two on on one hit, none come home. On to the fifth we go, still 7-2 Grizzlies on the Grizzlies Media Network. This Kids presents what to expect when you're expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Jelly, jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Tavares still on the bump for Gateway as we start the fifth inning at GCS Credit Union Ballpark with Gateway protecting a 7-2 lead. Six of the seven runs coming in the home half of the first inning on seven Grizzly hits, including four doubles and a two-run home run. Jorge Tavares has been rock solid on the bump for Gateway. Two runs, only one earned, five hits, a season high for any Grizzly pitcher, seven strikeouts and not even a single walk. As 9-1-2, starting with General MacArthur. First pitch, fastball chopped down the third baseline, but bounces foul. For those wondering, yes, that is actually his name. And it's spelled N.C. Arthur, not with an A like the general, as I learned with the misprint of our rosters before the game tonight. Hey, that's just my history major coming out. Out of the full wind, Tavares kicks and fires 0-1. Bunchon pulls back. MacArthur winds up taking strike two on the outside corner. First time up, MacArthur was the fourth strikeout victim for Tavares. Righty back at it again. Tavares delivers 0-2. Breaking ball, paints the outside corner, strike three. Make it eight strikeouts on the night for Jorge Tavares, continuing to tack on to a season high for any Grizzly pitcher. That one came looking. Of his eight strikeouts, only two have come that way. But with one gone and still ahead by five, here's Sean Dunstan Jr. for his third trip to the plate. Former Grizzly settles into the lefty box. First pitch from Tavares. Off speed, nicks the outside corner. Dunstan Jr. 0 for 2 to start after a big night last night. Theo 1. Chop foul behind home, 0-2. Dunstan Jr. 3 for 6 with a pair of RBIs and a pair of stolen bases. His average is low, hanging around the Mendoza line as Chase Vala goes out for a quick word with Tavares. But when he gets on base, he's deadly. Perfect five for five to start this season. But a lot of times he's struggled to get on base. He did not do that very well when he was a Grizzly, but when he gets on, he's fast. At the plate though, he struggles. 0-2, fastball upstairs. If Tavares were to finish strikeout number nine here, that would be number 12 on the season for Sean Dunstan Jr. One, two. Chop foul, first base side. Attempt at a bare hand by the first base coach. He did not corral it. 
It's a tough look. Trying to impress your players. Still a young season. Dunstan settles back in, facing one, two, with no one on, and one out in the top of the fifth. Trying to chip away at the 7-2 Grizzly lead. One, two. Curveball laced into right center. It's past a diving Diaz for a base hit. Woodcock collects, and Dunstan on with his first hit of the ball game, a single with one out in the fifth. Dunstan can run, perfect five of five on the year. Set the single season record for the Gateway Grizzlies in 2019. Massive lead off first. Tavares better throw, he won't pitch home. Fastball outside for ball one. And that's the thing with Dunstan Jr. He can take that massive lead because he's great at getting early jumps. Whether it's diving back to the bag to protect himself or going ahead for second base. Steven Kraft at the plate, righty hitter. Double play depth for Gateway, 1-0. Breaking ball outside in the dirt. Lalo stands up, takes it off the chest, keeps it in front of them. So the former Grizzly will not be moving up to second on that one. For Kraft, a single and a strikeout tonight. Wound up getting stranded on second in the first. Crushers have already stranded three, all of them in scoring position. Quick throw to first, Dunstan dives back, head first slide, he's in ahead of the tag, and the ball came out of Eric Jones's glove anyway. Would have been a close play, but Jones losing the ball off the tag basically takes that discussion away. 2-0. Change up, up and away, but catches the outside corner. Tavares hasn't been taking full looks over to first base, just kind of taking a slight peek over his front left shoulder out of the stretch. He's on the first base side of the bump. Quick throw back to first again, head first slide. Again, not in time. He's made crisp throws and tags. Tavares instructs Jones, don't go anywhere, stay on that base. I'll probably be throwing over there again. Dunstan, not someone easily fooled. Tavares to the stretch again, another long peak. 2-1. Fastball popped up, right side, foul grounds. Jones, the first baseman, ranges over, makes the catch straddling the dirt line outlined along the turf for the second out. So Kraft now one for three, and it brings in Connor Oliver with Dunstan Jr. on first, and the Crusher's still trailing seven to two here in the top of the fifth. Gateway's been cruising since the six run first. The lefty Oliver still chasing his first hit of the night. Lefty waits, the right Tavares sets in the stretch. First pitch. Off speed, nicks the outside corner for strike one. Oliver had a big night last night, 
a pair of RBIs and extra base hits. A double in the fifth, a solo home run in the seventh. Very comfortable lead for Sean Dunstan Jr. off first. A one. Foul tip into the mitt, strike two. Tavares, one strike away from stranding Dunstan Jr. on the base paths. Would be the fourth time the Crushers have done that. 0-2, Dunstan goes. Fastball inside, throw down to second from Valo. Tag applied, but well late. His feet had gotten in ahead of the throw. Justin Jones, the shortstop, slapped the tag on his butt, but he had already been standing on second base. Dunstan Jr. gets off. Stands up, wipes some of the turf pellets, presumably, out of his jersey. Now takes another comfortable lead, this time off second base with a one-two count. Tavares steps off to keep him in check. Count one and two on Connor Oliver. Would almost certainly bring Dunstan Jr. home with a base hit. Infield shift on, Tavares peaks back, delivers. High hit, center field, Woodcock takes five steps back, camps under, and two back in to make the catch and end the inning. Dustin Jr. gets a single, moves up to scoring position on a stolen base, his sixth of the season, has yet to be caught stealing. However, back-to-back pop-outs slash fly-outs for the Crushers and the top half of the fifth. Halfway gone here in Sojade, still 7-2 Grizzlies on the Grizzlies Media Network. The home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. <laughs> Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You have a lot going on in your life. You're a business owner, homeowner, adventurer, soon-to-be parent, bookkeeper, builder, and dreamer. You don't want to miss out on any of it. But connecting all those dots on a daily basis can be a real challenge, especially when it comes to money. At Commerce Bank, we've got the tools and talent to help you. Commerce Bank. Challenge accepted. Visit us at CommerceBank.com. Member FDIC.
Home half of the fifth inning, halfway gone at GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Soge. Game two of a three-game series between the Gateway Grizzlies and the Lake Erie Crushers. Right now, Gateway in front, 7-2, buoyed by a six-run first inning, in which the Grizzlies totaled seven of their currently 11 hits through the first four and a half. Gateway has 8-9-1 due up. Justin Jones, Dustin Woodcock, Abdiel Diaz. First pitch to the righty, Jones, is off the end of the bat, lined the opposite way and foul. Justin Jones was part of that scoring parade in the first, hit an RBI double to get on and came around to score immediately after on a Dustin Woodcock RBI double. The righty was subject to a very strange runner's interference call. Last time up, 0-1, fastball outside, evens the count. So he had hit a ground ball to third with the bases loaded. Javier Betancourt threw it home to get the force out. Then Brian De La Rosa threw it to first, and it actually went off of Jones's back and ricocheted into foul ground down the first baseline. 1-1, Jones takes a breaking ball upstairs. But they say he was running in fair ground when it hit him, which means the runner's interference call was available and was called by home plate umpire Trevor Klosterman. 2-1, roller high off the mound, it bounces through for a base hit. That is a wonky reality of this altar field at GCS Credit Union Ballpark. It's an easy single for Justin Jones, his second hit of the night. Hit a hard ground ball, it took one massive hop over the point where it up ramps on the all turf mound. Gave it perfect cushion to hop high over Trevor Achenbaugh and into shallow center fields. So Jones is on first to lead off the home half of the fifth. Grizzlies trying to add on to a 7-2 lead against the Crushers. And here's the lefty Woodcock. Also one for two tonight, grounding out to second his last time up in the third. First pitch to the lefty. The righty Curtis fires a fastball outside for ball one. Sam Curtis still on the bump after replacing Ryan Fearbend back in the second inning. Fearbend only went one and a third with seven runs, all of them earned, nine hits, three strikeouts, no walks, also two hit batsmen. Curtis in the stretch, tank glove, chin high, he kicks and deals. The 1-0, call the strike on a curveball right on the inside corner. Jones, a rather cautious lead off of first base, and I should clarify, it's Justin Jones. I said it when he was up, but I'll continue to clarify. Since there are three Joneses in this game, one one. Hard rope right side, but right into the Crusher's bullpen off a hop. Justin Jones is playing shortstop for Gateway. Eric Jones is playing first base for Gateway. And Dylan Jones is playing right field for Lake Erie. Gateway's already had both Joneses. It's only the second time they've been together in the lineup and the first time at home. One-two pitch. Fastball just a bit off the plate outside. 
maybe a few inches. Woodcock readjusts the straps on his all-white batting gloves. Has great tape tight around his wrists and rests the brown barrel bat on his left shoulder. Two to the count. Sam Curtis in the stretch, third base side. He kicks and delivers. Breaking ball in the outside corner, called strike three. Trevor Klosterman says Curtis got it in back door. Make it four strikeouts on the night for Sam Curtis coming in long relief and one gun here in the home half of the fifth inning. You can't knock the performance. One run came in after he entered the game in the second inning. It wasn't charged to him because Firaband led him on base. Surrendered. Nothing since. Back to the top of the order, the switch hitter Abdiel Diaz batting left against the righty Curtis. He's in, first pitch. Fastball called a strike right on the outside corner. Diaz has reached twice in his three trips tonight. Single to lead off the game and came around to score. Got hit by a pitch in the second inning, or actually no, check that, his second time up in the first inning. And then grounded out to second in the third. He's up with one on and one out in bottom five. A one runner goes, breaking ball misses low, and it's lost on the transfer by De La Rosa, so Jones in without any opposition. Gateway now with a runner in scoring position. Justin Jones swipes his first bag of the 2021 season. He's up to second with one out. Grizzlies looking to add on to a 7-2 lead in the fifth. Diaz rests the black barrel down on his left shoulder. Short lead off second for Jones. Infield shifted slightly right for the lefty Diaz, or rather switch hitter batting left. While one home is a fastball low. Jay Prather waits behind Diaz. Prather has been explosive in this series. Had a double back in the first inning, while also adding three hits last night. Two one from Curtis. Swings on top of a curveball dropping out of the zone for strike two. The friendly wind's still growing to center, but not nearly as forceful. The sky turning a darker shade of bluish gray here in Sojay. Still some sight of purple haze off to the right of the ballpark. 2-2 Two -two to Diaz. I hit right field. Dylan Jones back to the track. He's right in front of it, makes the catch. Throws it hard on a line, offline to third base, but came in with enough force to keep Justin Jones in check at second base. Dylan keeping up with the rest of the Joneses here with a solid defensive throw to keep Justin at second. And with two gone here in this inning, that brings up Jay Prather, the lefty. A 
double in the first, a ground out to first in the first still. He was the 11th of 11 batters in that inning and then struck out in the third. Uh, for his second trip against Sam Curtis, the righty waits and sets, deals. Off the end of the bat, lined into left on the run, Oliver. Catches it at his waist, leaning down to make the catch and end the inning. Grizzlies get one hit, strand him. And we head to the sixth, still 7-2 Grizzlies on the Grizzlies Media Network. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Three, two, one. Oh no. Which button am I? Oh. When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear. Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Trevor Achenbaugh leads off the top of the sixth for the Lake Erie Crushers, trying to chip away at a 7-2 Gateway Grizzly lead through the first five innings here at GCS Credit Union Ballpark in game two of this three-game series. First pitch from the righty, Jorge Tavares, is a fastball low and away. Rolls off the right shin pad of Chase Vallo and into the Crushers' dugout for ball one. Tavares has been rock solid on the bump for Gateway tonight. Six hits surrendered. Two runs across, only one of them earned. The 1-0. Fastball chop foul, third base side, evens the count. And a season high, eight strikeouts. That's the most in a single game for any gateway pitcher. Record previously held multiple times by multiple people. A pair of six strikeout outings for Sebastian Kise, including his Shortened appearance yesterday before getting pulled with an apparent shoulder problem in the fourth. 1-1. One, one. Chop foul left side again. It's 1-2. Talk to him today. He's feeling good. No official diagnosis yet. We will keep you updated on the Grizzlies Media Network. And on top of all that, Tavares hasn't allowed a walk yet. 1-2. Fastball just upstairs above the letters. Inches from strikeout number nine. 
Brody Wofford and Brian De La Rosa are the five and six hitters due up behind Auchinbaugh. 2-2. Two -two. Curveball hit hard down the line and left, and it two hops over to the wall off the Pepsi side. Big turnaround first for Achenbaugh. He slides into second, the throws in. It goes wide of the bag, but Eric Jones, the first baseman, shaded over to back it up and kept things from getting a little too crazy. But Trevor Achenbaugh with his second double of the game leads off the sixth inning by giving the Crushers a runner in scoring position. That's not to say it's an automatic sign of success though. Of the five innings gone, Crushers have stranded a runner in scoring position in four of those innings. But still no one on, and Achenbaugh at second. Here's the lefty Brody Wofford. He brought home Achenbaugh with an RBI double of his own back in the fourth inning. Tavares in the stretch, first pitch. Fastball at the knees called a strike. Imagine Tavares' day would be coming to a close soon. Sitting at 96 pitches. Oh, what? Fastball low in the dirt. Sounded like the Crusher's coaches yelled at the runner on second, Achenbaugh, to take off. It's understandable why. He's a perfect three of three on stolen bases, but he holds up at second. Airing on the side of caution. It only went about 10 feet away from Valo, and he got to it pretty quick. Wofford back in the lefty box against the righty Tavares. In the stretch first base side, peaks to second, fires 1-1. Fly ball left field, running to his right, Johnson towards the left field line. About 10 feet right of the dirt, he makes the catch above his left shoulder for the first out. That's one of those dangerous balls going towards the corner. When it starts curling, it can carry and go that much further away from the outfielder. But Johnson had the time to get under it and secures the first out of the inning for Gateway. Grizzlies protecting a 7-2 lead over the Lake Erie Crushers. Trying to maintain position in third place in the West Division standings. The Crushers, meanwhile, trying to escape out of the hole of the Central Division. Technically tied at the bottom. First pitch to the righty, Brian De La Rosa, is a breaking ball low and away for ball one. The Central Division, Crushers are only trailing by a game and a half from first place. But first place is 500. Tied between Schaumburg at six and six and Windy City at five and five. The Thunderbolts, the team the Grizzlies, set to play this weekend. 1-0, fastball low and away. You'll be able to catch all the action from that series going Friday through Sunday. It's four games, a doubleheader on Sunday. 7.05 first pitch from Ozinga Field on Friday night. Two of the count on Brian De La Rosa, one for two on the evening. A single and a ground up to second. Two up pitch from Tavares. Asphalt swung on and missed. Pitch was outside and De La Rosa was swinging inside. Counts two one. You can listen to that series just as you can every series and every game 
all season long at gatewaygrizzlies.com, yoradio.com slash grizzlies, or on your mobile device with the Yo Radio app available through the App Store or Google Play. Akinbaugh with a short lead off second. No one keeping him too close in check. 2-1. Off speed tails out of the zone. 3-1. Two Crushers runs came in the second and fourth innings. First one as a result of a bad pickoff move to first, allowing a runner on third to come home. 3-1. Nicked back and fills up the count. And it was actually De La Rosa who scored on that play. Then fast forward to the fourth inning. Trevor Achenbaugh leads off with a double and Brody Wofford follows with another double to bring him home. In this inning, Akinbaugh led off himself with a double. Wofford could not follow up with the hit. He flied out to left. And right now, the third hitter of this inning and the sixth in the order, Brian De La Rosa facing a full count with one out in the top of the sixth inning. Grizzlies ahead 7-2. Crushers at the plate. Tavares in the stretch. Payoff pitch. Foul back and landing about 10 feet to our right. That's going to a guest suite. Actually rolls down onto the awning in front and rolls to the front section seats. That's further proof to my fear of a ball coming through this window despite the protective netting. I don't know if I'd be able to make that catch. It'd be a lot of pressure. Still full count on De La Rosa. Righty waits in. Chase Vallo, the catcher, emerges up and calls time. Runs to the mound for a quick word with Tavares. He's escaped multiple jams already. Already mentioned a couple minutes ago that already four runners stranded on base and in scoring position in the first five innings for this Crushers team. That won comfortably yesterday, 11-6, buoyed by a big inning of their own, putting up a seven-piece in the top of the seventh cruise to an 11-6 win in game one of this three-game set. De La Rosa back. Payoff pitch from Tavares. Swing and a miss, strike three. Nine strikeouts. This one swinging from Jorge Tavares. And two gone here in the top of the sixth. By the time tonight's up, Jorge Tavares will easily be the strikeout leader on the Grizzlies. He already is. Surpassed it with strikeout number seven. First pitch is low and outside to the lefty hitter Dylan Jones for ball one. Jones the lefty in the box with Trevor Achenbaugh on second base. And two gone in the inning. Rushers behind 7-2, Grizzlies protecting the five-run lead. 1-0 pitch is swung on and fouled back to Valo. He drops it. It rolls down the first baseline. The count's 1-1. Jones got his first hit of the season in the second inning. But still a putrid line on the season. One for 19. Lefty writes the tambo, 
Tam barreled down on his left shoulder. Lars in the stretch, 1-1 pitch. Tries to check his swing on a curveball inside. He easily went around, and the appeal confirms that. That ball was over the plate and then broke in on the hands and straight down. No chance for Jones to get a piece of it. One to the count from Tavares. Chance for double-digit strikeouts for the 25-year-old out of the Dominican Republic. Or check that 22-year-old. One, two. Fouled off left side and well out of play. Two check swings in the lefty box from Jones. Short lead for Aukenbaugh on second. Tavares in the stretch, first base side. Love belt side, delivers. One, two, Swan and missed. Another curveball inside, strike three. 10 strikeouts for Jorge Tavares as he puts a cap on six innings of stellar work and in line for the win. So long as the Grizzlies hold on to the lead. Seven to two after five and a half. Gateway coming up to bat on the Grizzlies Media Network. Of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Hey, Kevin, thinking about retirement? I've thought about it, but it's too late for me to save. With Avvo, a retirement coach, it's never too late. Where can I learn more? Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.
Home half of the sixth inning at GCS Crichton Ballpark. Gateway Grizzlies cruising. That's the Lake Erie Crushers through the first five and a half. A seven to two gateway lead. Anchored by a six run first. Added one more in the second. That run in the second scored by Ty Moore. Left-handed hitter batting in the three spot. Leading off his home half of the sixth inning with a new man on the mound for Lake Erie. It's Paul Perez. First pitch, the lefty fires a fastball up and away to the lefty Ty Moore for ball one. Paul Perez is of no relation to JT Perez who entered in relief for the Crushers yesterday. Lefty crouches all the way down into basically a squatting stance to get his side. 1-0, fastball outside, 2-0 to Ty Moore. Seems like Jorge Tavares' night is gonna be done for Gateway after a very strong six inning performance. On third base side of the rubber, 2-0 pitch. Fastball low and away, but nicks the corner for strike one. Righty preparing to get loose in the gateway pen. Looks like Justin Watts, 2-1. Off the end of the bat, chopper at the middle, left of second, running left, Akinbaugh. He fields and sidearms to first for the first out of the inning. Clean 6-3 put out off a hard grounder up the middle from Ty Moore. And with one gone, that brings in Chase Vallo. He is the only man on the Grizzlies yet to be set down tonight. Smacked a two-run double in the very first inning. Has been plunked twice since. Righty settles in for his fourth appearance. First pitch. Lefty Perez fires a fastball low for ball one. Perez in his first professional season, native of Puerto La Cruz, Venezuela, and an alum, the University of Southern Indiana. 1-0, fastball called to strike at the knees on the outer part of the plate two to even the count at one and one. Pitching in 13 games, one start this past spring 1-1 one, one from Perez. Breaking ball cut on and miss. Vala swings on top of a ball that had heavy drop. It's 0-2. Posted a 6.75 ERA for the Eagles, 0-1 record. Across 17 and a third innings. Includes 20 strikeouts in there as well. 1-2. Eye pop up, that's not gonna leave the infield. Right behind the mound, second and short converge. MacArthur makes the catch at his knees, reaching to his left. It was a weird situation, about 10 feet behind the mound and about five feet further right. General MacArthur, the second baseman, and Trevor Achenbaugh, the shortstop, both closed in, both made the call. Achenbaugh fell on his butt, reaching back to try to get it. He could not get it. And then MacArthur just reaches down in his right knee to make the catch for the second out. There's the second out. And here's the righty, Jose Rosario. First pitch, breaking ball up and away. Actually goes over the 
outstretch mid of De La Rosa for ball one. Rosario struck out in the second, but has a home run and a single to his name tonight. Lefty Perez dealing to the righty Rosario, delivers. Fastball, slices the inside corner for strike one. Perez, a six foot one, 220 pound lefty. This is his third appearance. He's only tossed two and a thirds innings. Has not allowed a run, only one hit. One, one, swing and a miss. Drops Uncle Charlie down the middle for strike two and Rosario couldn't get a piece of it. One, two, the count, two outs. Home half of the sixth, Grizzlies up seven, two. One half-hearted practice swing from Rosario. The one-two pitch. Breaking ball hangs as about as high and outside as it can hang without having any dropping action. Counts now even at two and two. The inning continues, Axel Johnson's on deck. Sky turning a pitch black here in Soje. Perez squats for the sign. That's weird to say. In the stretch, 2-2. Fouled back, right, and to the parking lot. Unless it hit the roof. It did not, because it didn't roll back down and I can't see it. Starting to get friendly wind to the opposite field and rights. Would be great for Johnson, a lefty if he comes up. 2-2 from Perez, out of the stretch. Jack Swain on a breaking ball inside. Appeal to first. No go, according to Mike Weinstein. So now all the way up to a full count. Rosario keeps the ending alive. It brings up the hot bat in Johnson. Gateway already in front by five, seven to two, in the bottom of the sixth with nobody on. Working only from the stretch, Perez, with the payoff. Upstairs and outside, ball four. Another pitch he just couldn't spot and sailed way away. And Rosario to first with a two out walk. Despite the offensive onslaught for Gateway, that's the first walk surrendered by any Crushers pitcher tonight. Three hit by pitches between Sam Curtis and Ryan Fearabend, but no walks up until then. Rosario's on first with the lefty Johnson at the plate. One for three with a pair of strikeouts and a single. First pitch. Fastball catches the outside corner for a strike. Perez just did a shaking motion over towards the dugout. Might have been some whistling from teammates and he was like, shush. Tank glove waist tie a one. Check swing up, breaking ball on the outside part of the plate. Not sure if he went around, but either way, it was in the zone. O2 the count, two outs, Rosario on first. Perez stares him down, delivers 0-2. Fastball way outside. 
No, that's just a routine. Paul Perez sort of reaches his left throwing arm out, kind of like a cat clawing at air, and just hangs it between his legs. One nod home, the one two. Swing and a miss, hit a breaking ball in the dirt, strike three. First strike out of the inning and the game for Paul Perez, and that ends the inning. Grizzlies get one on a two out walk. They strand him on first base, and we go to the seventh with the Grizzlies still ahead 7-2. Nate Gatter will take back over when we come back on the Grizzlies Media Network. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Three, two, one. Oh, no. Which button am I... Uh... When every second counts, you can't wing it. Uh, guys, a little help up here? In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So make a family home fire escape plan. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year so everyone knows what to do when they hear... Prepare your family at ready.gov slash fire drill. Brought to you by FEMA, the Ag Council, and Make Safe Happen. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen! By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Kevin, thinking about retirement? I've thought about it, but it's too late for me to save. With Avvo, a retirement coach, it's never too late. Where can I learn more? Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Pitching change for Gateway as we head to the top of the seventh inning with the Grizzlies ahead of Lake Erie, 7-2 after six. Nate Gatter, Brandon Ross back with you on the Grizzlies Media Network. Justin Watts has escaped the Grizzlies bullpen. See if you can escape Twisted Key Escape Rooms. Looking for a fun collaborative activity with family, friends, or colleagues? Head to Twisted Key Escape Rooms in Collinsville and embrace the challenge of a physical adventure game in which your team solves a series of puzzles and riddles using clues, hints, and strategy to escape the room. For more information, visit TwistedKeyEscape.com. Watts takes over for Jorge Tavares, who was fantastic. He worked six innings, allowed two runs, only one earned on seven hits. He struck out ten without a walk, and he is in line for the win on his second quality start in three outings so far as a Grizzly and has delivered five and two-thirds innings or more in all three of those outings, especially needed for the Grizzlies tonight after Sebastian Kise, because of an apparent injury, had to leave with two outs in the fourth inning last night before the Grizzlies melted down in the late innings. Watts, a six-foot-three, 215-pound right-hander from Bryan, Ohio. And he will work to the righty batter Javier Betancourt to start the visitor's seventh. 
from the stretch. Watch is ready. Here it is. Betancourt takes at the knees for a strike. He'll be followed by General MacArthur and then Sean Dunstan Jr., 8-9-1 and one for the Crushers in the top of the seventh with Gateway up 7-2. to two. Watts from the first base side of the rubber sets at the letters and deals. Betancourt takes a fastball strike two over the outside. Watts is making his fifth appearance so far for the Grizzlies, all out of the bullpen. He is 0-1 with a 2.25 earned run average. In four innings, he struck out two and walked two. The league is hitting just a buck 54 against him without an extra base hit. Two-strike offering on the way. Betancourt waves and misses at a slider down and outside and strikes out. So a three-pitch punch out for Justin Watts against the first batter he faces out of the bullpen. That's a good way to start it. And there's one away in the seventh for MacArthur. Another Grizzly strikeout brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. And here is the righty batter, MacArthur, who has struck out in each of his plate appearances. Watts ready in the pitch. MacArthur takes low for a ball. These bottom two spots now combined 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. Gateway pitching now has struck out 11 combined. 10 for Tavares, 1 for Watts. 1-0 pitch. MacArthur tips one foul off of Valo behind the plate, a ball and a strike. And there have been no walks. In fact, no free bases of any kind issued by Grizzlies pitching. No walks, no hit batsmen. The only free base Gateway pitching has given away was when Brian De La Rosa came in to score on an error back in the second. One and one pitch. Slider stays high ball two. And that error was on Jorge Tavares on a pickoff attempt to first. So he did allow an important 90 feet in that inning, but it ended up working in his favor in that he struck out the next two batters. The pitch, swinging a foul back by MacArthur. It's two and two. And that was Betancourt and MacArthur in the second. And with those two strikeouts, he made sure that that De La Rosa run was unearned. So it worked out fine for him. One of two runs for the Crushers, but one of them was unearned. So just one earned run against Tavares in six innings. It's a 7-2 Grizzlies lead with nobody on and one man out at the top of the seventh. Watts 2-2 two and two offering on the way. MacArthur takes a fastball off the inside for ball three to run it full. Gateway has made the game's only error and has made all five errors in this series. Lake Erie has not yet made one. Team that came in with some defensive issues in that regard through the first 10 games of the year prior to this series. Payoff pitch. MacArthur takes a fastball low at outside ball four. So there, as soon as I mention it, is the first free base Gateway pitching has allowed tonight. There was the error by Tavares and also a pass ball charged to Chase Vallo back in the first, but that's it. Now the top of the Crusher's order, Sean Dunstan, Jr. Watts last appeared against Florence on Saturday. He allowed two runs, neither earned, 
on no hits and only one walk with one strikeout in an inning of work against the Yalls and took the loss at a 6-4 gateway defeat. The pitch, runner goes, Dunstan takes, Valo's throw is on the money, and he got him. MacArthur is caught stealing on Valo's hose to Justin Jones. MacArthur was looking in a couple of strides into his stolen base attempt toward the plate like he thought maybe it was a hit and run. Dunstan took a fastball for a strike. And Valo threw maybe even a better strike down to second. Two to six on the caught stealing. Two out, nobody on. Seven to two gateway in the seventh. And the one strike pitch to Sean Dunstan Jr. is a fastball that he fouls back over the screen out of play. No balls, two strikes on the former Grizzly. And I believe it was in Lake Erie, or at Lake Erie, I suppose, in Avon, where they were mispronouncing Sean's name over and over again in a series a couple of years ago, which is surprising considering his dad was a major league all-star who was in the big leagues for a couple of decades and quite a notable one too. Hard to play shortstop for the Cubs for 10 plus years and not be notable. The pitch taken low for a ball. And they were calling him Shawan. His name is spelled S-H-A-W-O-N. Until finally, I think it was game two, maybe even game three of the series, he just stepped out of the box and screamed up at the press box, it's Sean. They fixed it. But now he is a crusher, so I'm assuming they're getting it right every night. One-two pitch. Dunstan ropes a line drive into short right center, and it's down for a base hit over Diaz. That was off the end of the bat a little bit more than I realized off the bat. And it was sort of more of a looper than a line drive. And it just did make it far enough over Diaz that he couldn't go up for it. And it dropped before he could get back. Second hit of the night for Dunstan, who has been having his way with Gateway in this series. He is 5 of 10 with a double, two RBIs, three steals, and two runs scored. He's out to a gigantic lead at first base. Jones holds him there. The stretch by Watts, the pitch, is a fastball taken by Kraft for a strike. Stephen Kraft, the right-hand batter, is one for three. A single in the first. He's since struck out and popped to first base. Don't know why Dunstan would be out to such a big lead at first base, down 7-2 to two in the seventh inning. Doesn't really make sense that MacArthur was stealing with a five-run deficit in the seventh. Watts ready. And the pitch, there goes Dunstan. It's taken low for a ball and another steal for Sean Dunstan Jr., his second of the night and his fourth in two games in this series. Five for 10 with a double, two runs, two RBIs, and four steals in two games against Gateway. He now has stolen nine bases this year in 12 games. Set the Grizzlies' single season record in 2019. One of one pitch. Kraft tried to hold up on a slider down her way, but offered at it. And that is strike two. Dunstan stole 36 bases for Gateway last season. One-two pitch. Swing and a tapper foul. In fact, he 
also set the record against Lake Erie. Would have been when he stole, if memory serves, his 31st base, perhaps, to break Matt Hearn's gateway record. Hearn set the record in 2017 with exactly 30 steals. Pitches a slider down and away two and two. So it was steal 31 came in August in Lake Erie for Sean. And hit, that record could have been higher. He was hitting a lot better than 250 early in the season. He didn't walk a lot either, which ended up hurting a, a player of, of his speed. Similar story this year in that he only has two walks so far in 11 appearances. 2-2 two -two pitch. Swing and a drive into left center field. A long run for Johnson to his left, but he's there to make the catch on the run. Letter high and retire the side. No runs, one hit, one left. It's time to stretch in Soje. Bottom of the seventh is next, and it's a 7-2 gateway lead on the Grizzlies Media Network. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. Oh. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill, bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111 and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. of the seventh from GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Sojay, where the Grizzlies lead 7-2 over Lake Erie. Gateway trying to snap their own three-game losing streak and the Crushers' three-game winning streak in one fell swoop. Tanner Cable has started to loosen in the Grizzlies' bullpen up the left field line in foul ground. Eric Jones settles into the righty box as the first Grizzly in the home seventh to face the southpaw Paul Perez. He works out of the stretch, third base out of the rubber. Pitch is a fastball, and Jones hacks at it and misses. He got a little tip of it back into the mid of De La Rosa. That was almost a, a wood-chopping kind of swing, though, from the number seven hitter in the order, who is two for three, a pair of singles. His first two Grizzlies hits, scored a run in the first, drove one in in the second, struck out his last time in the fourth, and he takes a curve for strike two. Gateway has out-hit Lake Erie 12-8. 
The Grizzlies have made the game's only error, and they've left eight on base as opposed to one for the Crushers, but they lead it 7-2 with nobody on and nobody out to start the bottom of the seventh inning. Perez ready at the belt. The two-strike delivery. Jones swings and ropes one into center field. Dunstan to his right. He is there and makes the catch. Jones hit that one just a little bit too hard. And Sean Dunstan in, again, his typical way, almost creeping over to his right. He is so fast and so athletic that he doesn't even really have to long stride in order to cover ground. It's almost like his feet aren't even coming off the ground. He just slides over, makes the play. Gateway has been blessed with some really good defensive center fielders, both he and Matt Hearn before him. The pitch to Justin Jones is swung out and missed. Nothing in one. Righty batting shortstop. Had an RBI double and a run in the Grizzlies' six-run first inning. Followed it by grounding into a controversial double play on a runner's interference call to end the second inning. Then singled his last time in the fifth. He's two for three. The pitch. Jones takes down and away. One ball and one strike. Gateway not only hasn't scored since the second inning after six in the first and one in the second, the Grizzlies have had only two hits since then. A fourth inning single from Jose Rosario, a fifth inning single from the man at the plate, Justin Jones. The pitch. Jones swings and grounds one off the mound, bouncing by into center field, the base hit. So Jones hit it too hard on a line out to center. Eric Jones did. Justin Jones follows with a bouncing ball through the middle, and he is three out of four. His first three-hit game as a Grizzly. And aboard with one out, and gateway up seven to two in the seventh for the nine-hitter Dustin Woodcock. Dustin had an RBI double in the first, and has since grounded a second and struck out looking. Left-handed batter against the southpaw Perez. The stretch and the pitch. Dustin takes a fastball that bounces and gets by the catcher, Brian De La Rosa, to the backstop. A wild pitch moves Jones up to second base. So he's into scoring position. Only the second time the Grizzlies have had a man to second base since the second inning. They have not had a man to third since the second inning. And that's after they sent 11 to the plate in the first. They had as many extra base hits in the first inning alone as they've had total base runners the last five innings combined. 1-0 pitch. Woodcock takes low. It kicks away from De La Rosa. Jones thought about it from second. He danced maybe as far as 30, 35 feet from second base, but changes his mind and scampers back. Two balls and no strikes. We have three total Jones, or Joneses, in the starting lineups tonight. Dylan Jones is in right field for Lake Erie. And then Eric and Justin Jones, no relation, hitting back-to-back 7th and 8th for Gateway. Not related, but they are living together. They are host brothers in the host family system that teams in the Frontier League use. Just the two of them living with the Grizzlies host family coordinators. Here's the 2-0 pitch from Perez. Woodcock takes a curve that stays high up over his helmet. Three balls and no strikes. And the names of their host parents, 
Kenan K. Jones. So an entire Jones family all under one roof, and only two of the four are related to one another. And Dylan's just out there in right field. Yeah, Dylan's lonely. Dylan's not invited to dinner. Maybe maybe Kay can extend an invitation. 3-0 pitch taken very high. It goes off of De La Rosa's mitt to the backstop, and Jones moves up to third on another wild pitch. So two wild pitches in that plate appearance, and there could have easily been a third had Jones decided he wanted to push the envelope and go for third on the ball that just bounced off of De La Rosa on the 1-0 pitch. Dylan seems to be having a, a tough time keeping up with the other Joneses. That's a good one. Came to the wrong team, I guess. Maybe Ken and Kay would have made an exception and housed a third player if, you know, keep it all in the family and whatever. That would be a tough commute to Lake Erie, though. Yeah, it's a long way. Probably the longest trip the Grizzlies will make this season, a couple of them up to Avon. Oh, assuredly. I mean, Florence isn't that far. It's the farthest by a pretty significant margin. Yeah, only about five hours, not even maybe more like four and a half, depending on how the traffic is. Florence just a little bit uh, southwest of Cincinnati. And then, uh, you know, Lake Erie, Avon, Ohio, just outside Cleveland. That's good, probably eight, eight and a half. I made that drive in 815 moving down here, so... Traverse City was comparable, maybe a bit farther, when the Beach Bums were still in the league. Now the pit spitters of the Northwoods League. Indeed. The Grizzlies have uh, served, or the Frontier League, I should say, has served as a, essentially a summer college prep league for some of, these, uh, some of these organizations before they moved down a level. The same has been true of the normal Corn Belters now in the Prospect League, along with the... River City Rascals, now called the O'Fallon Hoots. Pitch to Abdiel Diaz. It's a fastball taken high. Back pick down to first behind Woodcock, but he dives back. Good effort by De La Rosa. So a one-out single from Jones. A couple of wild pitches moved him to third, and Woodcock walked. Grizzlies on the corners. One out, 7-2 gateway in the last half of the seventh inning. And it's the top of the order, Abdiel Diaz. Back batting from the right side with another left-hander in there in the form of Paul Perez. Here's his 1-0 pitch. Diaz chops one high towards short, not going to be able to get two. Achenbach charges to glove it, unloads quickly to first and gets Diaz, who is now one out of four on the ground out, but picks up his fifth Grizzlies RBI, and it's an 8-2 gateway lead on the first run for the hosts since a second-inning tally that made it 7-1 at the time. The six-run lead is now restored at 8-2. Justin Jones scoring on that play, and uh, Eric Jones bringing in the last run. Yeah, Eric Jones had that RBI in the second on a single, second of his two hits. Gateway and has 13 now as a team. And then Justin proceeded to get runners interferenced. Is that a verb now, runners interferenced? I just made it a verb. Lefty to lefty, pitch to Jay Prather is taken for a strike. I don't know if Merriam-Webster is going to follow along, but... Well, if you say, maybe they will. Somebody's got to be the first one. You think I have that kind of power? You're at least co-voice of the Grizzlies now, so power has been thrust upon you. Prather is one of four, doubling a run back in the first. And he takes high. I probably need to write a press release for that, don't I? Yeah, you should just announce it. Give yourself some credibility. Maybe some maybe some video to go along with it. One ball, one strike. Okay. 
Woodcock at second, two down, 8-2 gateway, seventh inning. Perez set to the belt, looks back to second, and pitches. Prather takes up and in for a ball. I guess could also be runner interfered. Sure. It's an interesting rule, though. And, and I mean, we talked about it at the time, but it, it's a very interesting rule. It's an interesting application for umpires that can be challenging. I think it was Jerry Lane who was the home plate umpire in that World Series game in 2019. 2-1 pitch. It's a fastball, broken bat roller, slowly to third, scooped up by Betancourt, throw to first, and he beats the fleet-footed Prather by a step. And we will pick up that conversation where we left it off. When we go to the eighth, the Grizzlies add a run on one hit and one left. We are through seven, Gateway 8 and Lake Erie 2 on the Grizzlies Media Network. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Hey, Kevin. Thinking about retirement? I've thought about it, but it's too late for me to save. With Avvo, a retirement coach, it's never too late. Where can I learn more? Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Tanner Cable has escaped the Grizzlies' bullpen. See if you can escape Twisted Key Escape Rooms in Collinsville. For more information, visit TwistedKeyEscape.com. Gateway 8 and Lake Erie 2 after seven innings from GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Soge, where the Grizzlies turn to their third pitcher of the night in the form of Mr. Cable, who takes over for Justin Watts, who tossed a scoreless seventh. No runs on one hit, one strikeout, and one walk. Watts struck uh, through 19 pitches, I should say. A dozen of them were strikes, and he is replaced by the aforementioned Cable. Six-foot-five, 225-pound right-hander from South Haven, Mississippi. Cable so far this year, 0-1 with no earned run average. This is his sixth appearance all out of the bullpen. He has allowed only one run. It was unearned against Florence in his last outing on Sunday. In five innings, he struck out nine, walked only three, and the league is hitting just 222 against Cable. He will work against the three, four, and five hitters for the Crushers in the visitors' half of the eighth inning. Connor Oliver to be followed by Trevor Achenbaugh and Brody Wofford. Cable works only out of the stretch from the first base side of the rubber against the lefty batter Oliver back of the box wide open stance big circle of the black bat with his hand shoulder high and he looks at a fastball outside ball one 
Oliver has struck out and twice flied to center field. 0 for 3 tonight and 2 out of 9 in the series. Both hits for extra bases. 1-0 pitch is a fastball taken low to make the count. Two balls and no strikes. Jorge Tavares is in line for the win with Gateway ahead 8-2 in the eighth. Trying to get to 5-7 on the year. Snap a three-game losing streak. The pitch, Oliver takes a strike at the knees. Gateway would remain four and one-half games back of first place in the West Division with Florence and Evansville tied for first and playing each other on the Husky Trailways out-of-town scoreboard. The pitch, Oliver fouls it back, two and two. The Yalls bounce back in a big way from their loss in the series opener to the Otters yesterday. They won it 13-6 at home over Evansville tonight. So Florence is back alone in first place at 10-3. Southern Illinois trails on the road against Windy City, 5-3 in the seven. Pitch up and away, three balls, two strikes. So Gateway would move back alone into third place and be four and a half back of Florence and then would be rooting for the Otters tomorrow. But awfully early in the season to be doing as much scoreboard watching, I suppose, as that would be. Pitch is fouled back. Still three and two on Oliver. Nobody on, nobody out. Eight, two Grizzlies in the top of the eighth inning here. Elsewhere in the Can-Am Conference, Sussex County, an 8-1 win at home over Quebec. Washington, winners 5-1 at home over New Jersey. And New York, a 7-1 triumph on the road against Tri-City. Only one other game underway right now. The pitch up and away. A breaking ball slipped out of Cable's hand. And Oliver has a walk. He's aboard to lead off the eighth. Joliet is leading in Schaumburg 6-2 in the eighth. That brings in Trevor Achenbaugh, who's had himself a nice night and a nice series. He's two for three, a pair of doubles and a run scored tonight. He's four out of nine. Fastball runs in and hits him. Trevor Achenbaugh is hit by a pitch for the fifth time this year. And this is part of his established track record now. Achenbaugh has made that part of his game as long as he's been in the Frontier League. When he was with River City in 2018, he was hit by 18 pitches in only 58 games. And then in 2019, he was plunked 20 times in 83 games. So he's now played 153 games in the Frontier League, and he's been hit 43 times. Here's the lefty batter, Brody Wofford, with two on, nobody out. 8-2 Grizzlies in the eighth. The pitch is a fastball taken high for a ball. In the modern era, meaning since 1900, only one player in a major league season has been hit by more than 43 pitches in one year. What a pitch. Wofford fouls it off the left side out of play, one and one. That was Ron Hunt in 1971. He was hit 50 times, which is far and away the modern-day record. The next highest total since 1900 is Don Baylor. He was hit by 
35 pitches in the 1986 season. Trevor Achenbach in 153 games, so still nine off a full Major League season. The pitch is taken low for a ball, two and one. Has been hit 43 times. So that gives you a sense of just what kind of rate that is. If you say that 153 is probably a pretty reasonable number for an everyday major leaguer to play in one season, taking plenty of days off but without any extended injury, that's uh, a realistic number of games for a lot of everyday players. 43 times he's been plunked, which would be the second most in major league history since 1900. Cable to stretch, 2-1 pitch. Wofford takes down and outside, ball three. A walk to Oliver, and then Achenbach plunked, and now it's three balls and one strike on Brody Wofford. The Grizzlies lead at 8-2 in the eighth inning. Still feels awfully secure, but if there's one thing you worry about at this stage, it's too many free bases. 3-1 pitch. Wofford takes a belt-high fastball for a strike. Cable doesn't allow nearly as many as he used to. As a rookie with Gateway, he gave up only 33 hits in 46 innings, but he walked 45 batters. 46 Ks, 45 walks as a rookie. Payoff pinch. Wofford swings and misses at a fastball above his belt and strikes out. First strikeout for Cable, 12th for Grizzlies pitching tonight, brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. And it brings up the Crusher's catcher, Brian De La Rosa, who is one for three, a single and a run scored. So Cable, as a rookie in pro ball, had an earned run average under four, despite the fact that he struck out 46 and walked 45. So that gives you an idea of how many bats he was missing. Unfortunately, he was also missing the strike zone pretty often, but he has totally changed that ratio as his Frontier League career has gone on. Right-hander against right-hander, the stretch and the pitch. De La Rosa bounces one towards short, Jones to his right, he gloves it, goes to second for one, relay to first, double play. Snow cone at first base by Eric Jones on the turn by Diaz, and Jones even on a slow bouncer had to go to his right into the hole Grab it, throw back to second, and the Grizzlies turned it 6-4-3. Another Grizzlies double play brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen, the official hotel of the Grizzlies where loose means more. So the Crushers threaten a little bit, a walk and a hit batsman to start the inning, but in the end they leave only one man on base without scoring. We go to the bottom of the eighth inning. It's Gateway 8 and Lake Erie 2 on the Grizzlies media network.
Ian Walda is the new pitcher for Lake Erie as we go to the bottom of the eighth inning with Gateway leading 8-2 after 7.5. And, and the Grizzlies will have Ty Moore, Chase Vallo, and Jose Rosario. Their 3-4 and 5-hitters gets the bat against the 6-foot-3, 205-pound right-hander Walda, who is making his fifth appearance all but one out of the bullpen. He has no record and earned run average exactly one over nine innings. He has struck out nine but walked seven. The league is hitting 207 against him. Both runs he has allowed, including the only earned run he's conceded, came in his last outing on Sunday on the road against Southern Illinois in Marion when he conceded two runs, one earned on three hits over three innings. He struck out three and walked two. He replaces Paul Perez, who worked two innings, allowed one run. It was earned on one hit and two walks. He struck out one through 35 pitches, 19 of which were strikes. Lefty batter Ty Moore against the right-hander Walda. The stretch in the pitch. Moore takes off the inside for a ball. Ty is one out of four, a double and a run in the second. Had his first Grizzly strikeout in game number six with the club back in the first inning. The pitch. Moore swings and grounds it hard, but right at the shortstop, Achenbach, who boots it. Bounces up and away from him towards shallow center field. It's picked up by the second baseman, MacArthur, so Moore will not have a chance to move up, but an error on the shortstop, Achenbach. That ball was smoked, but right at him, and especially on turf, a ball that a professional shortstop is simply expected to field, no matter how hard it's hit. And that brings up Chase Vallo. Vallo is one for two, a two-run double and a run scored in the first inning. He was then plunked twice, hit by a pitch in the second and again in the fourth, and then popped up to second base his last time in the sixth. So Wofford holds more at first, nobody out, 8-2 Grizzlies in the bottom of the eighth. Right-hander to right-hander, Walda deals. Valdo tips a, an off-speed delivery, foul at the plate. Maybe a slider, it looked like it was spinning that way, but didn't have a ton of movement. Could have been a little cutter maybe, although it had Valdo well out in front. Looked like there was something taken off. In any event, nothing in one. Jose Rosario on deck and he's had a big night. Gateway looking for not only a victory, but a smooth one. That feels needed for the Grizzlies at the moment. The stretch by Walda. He sets at the shoulders and the pitch. Waldo takes a fastball high around his shoulders, and it's one ball, one strike. Walda works from the middle of the rubber. He straightens again with his sign. A hold, now the pitch. Valdo takes a fastball for a high strike, one and two. Back at it tomorrow in the series finale and the final game of this eight-game Grizzlies homestand. On the air at 6.30 Central Time for the Budweiser pregame show. 6.45, our first pitch will be delivered by gateway left-hander Jordan Barrett. One and two pitch. Valdo swings and misses at a fastball down around his knees and strikes out. The first one for Walda. 
And the ninth for Crusher's pitching. Brings up Jose Rosario with now one away in the eighth. Moore still at first. Barrett has had an up and down start to his season. 0-1 with a 5.14 ERA. His first start did not go well. His second was much better. That was here at home. The pitch. Rosario takes down it outside. A good sliding block by De La Rosa. He will be opposed by Crusher's right-handed Robbie Rowland. 0-1 with a 4.35 earned run average this year. Roland spent uh, substantial time in the Frontier League in the past with Southern Illinois. The pitch is a fastball taken for a strike over the outside corner. Roland, a former third round pick of Arizona all the way back in 2010. He made it to double-A with the Cardinals in 2015. Well, the deals, Rosario takes up an away ball, too. And then pitch with Southern Illinois in 2017 before he was picked up by the Texas Rangers in 2018 and spent most of that year with the Class A advanced Down East Wood Ducks, which would have been, I believe, their first season of existence. The pitch. Rosario swings at a slider, lifts it off the end of his bat into shallow left. In comes Oliver to his right. He's there to make the catch. And Rosario is retired for only the second time this evening. Two out of four with a homer and a walk. So two down. Moore still at first after the error. 8-2 Grizzlies in the eighth. And Axel Johnson will bat. And it's not as though Roland blew the Frontier League away. He made six starts for Southern Illinois in 2017 before, or at the end of that season, 4.59 earned run average. He was much better in 2018 before he was picked up. 2.31 ERA in six starts. And now back in the league with Lake Erie, off to a good start. Swing by Johnson and a flare into shallow center. That slices down for a base hit in front of a, an oncoming Dunstan. Moore moves up to second on the second hit of the night for Johnson, who has two singles and three strikeouts in his five trips. A chance for Eric Jones. Jones is two of four. Two singles. He has scored a run and driven one home. Two on, two out, 8-2 gateway in the last half of the eighth inning. And the pitch. Jones takes a slider that stays high, 1-0. For the visiting Crushers, two runs on eight hits, one error. They've left seven on base. For Gateway, eight runs, 14 hits, one error, and nine, potentially and counting, left on base. Waldo the stretch, and his 1-0 offering on the way. 
Jones swings and rips one foul off the left side. A hard line drive that one hop toward the Grizzlies' bullpen. And I don't know who that was sitting on the bullpen bench, but he almost wore it in the forehead. He's right next to the Gatorade jug, sitting about the middle of the silver bullpen bench for the Grizzlies. I think that's Carter Hayes. That was going to be my instinct. Primarily because he has sunglasses on his hat. Which no, is it's a, Jack Jett. It's Jack Jett. I was going to say that's a position player move, but, but Jack Jett, the rookie who I guess wasn't paying close attention to the ball game, one and one pitch, taken down at outside, ball two. There is nary a seat down the left side of GCS Credit Union Ballpark that is not covered by netting, but the bullpen bench is one of those seats. Luckily for him, it whizzed past the left side of his head by a couple of feet. He had ducked by the very last second anyway. Probably would have been able to avoid it. But he didn't see that until late. Two on, two out. Two one pitch. Jones takes a slider that drifts in for a strike around his belt, maybe a little higher. He reacted uh, with some surprise. 8-2 Grizzlies, eighth inning. Got Eric Jones with his first two gateway hits already tonight. Now two out of nine in his brief Grizzlies tenure after they acquired him very shortly before the season in a trade with Schaumburg for a player to be named later. The pitch, he swings and misses. Walda took something away off of that curve. And Jones was swinging at nothing but air, understandably so. That was a nasty pitch. So the Grizzlies do not score on one hit, one Lake Erie error, and two runners left on base. We move to the ninth, 8-2 gateway on the Grizzlies Media Network. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. In the wake of a disaster, what one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Kevin, thinking about retirement? I've thought about it, but it's too late for me to save. With Avvo, a retirement coach, it's never too late. Where can I learn more? Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
Not a save opportunity as we go to the ninth inning with Gateway up 8-2 over Lake Erie. But Jeff Bramblett hasn't gotten a chance to pitch since Friday, so Sweet Home Alabama is rocking the GCS Credit Union ballpark. Speakers all the same. Bramblett is making his fourth appearance so far in 2021, all, of course, in relief. He is 1-0 with an earned run average precisely zero. In four innings, he struck out five and walked one. The league is hitting 167 against him. In his Frontier League career, he is 3-3 three three with a 0.47 earned run average in 47 appearances, all out of the bullpen. 57 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 66 and walked 18. The league has only 27 hits, not even one every other inning against Bramblett all time. And Chase Vala was just called into action to try to chase a bird off the field. The bird was in foul ground on the first base side and now has made its way over to the third base coaching box where Jose Rosario was called into action, trying to convince it to leave the playing area. It's over now toward the Grizzlies dugout. And I guess that's gonna be considered good enough. Don't want another Randy Johnson situation. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's a smaller bird too, it wouldn't take very much. So Bramblett ready to go to the lefty batter Dylan Jones, and he takes a fastball outside ball one. Jones is one for three, a single and a couple of strikeouts. Javier Betancourt and General MacArthur, the bottom third of the Crusher's order, scheduled to follow. The 1-0 pitch, Jones takes a belt-high fastball for a strike. Jeff has had 15 save opportunities in his Grizzlies career, one this year. He has converted all of them. Out of the stretch, third base side. Dangles the ball in his right hand, brings it into his black glove at the letters, and the one and one offering. Jones swings and misses. A fastball above his belt. It's one and two. Gateway eight, Lake Erie two. Nobody on and nobody out in the top of the ninth inning. Bramblett gets his sign. Stretches and pitches. Jones takes off the plate outside, ball two. Jeff was one of those players really strongly victimized by COVID in that he was finally picked up after the 2019 season by Arizona. Two and two delivery. Jones tried to check his swing on a slider that bounced on the turf, but he went around according to our home plate umpire, Trevor Klosterman, and I think somebody's gonna get run here. There are a couple of crushers barking from the third base dugout, or first base dugout. Klosterman said that's enough, and Brian De La Rosa kept going. He's out of the dugout now, having already been ejected, and he is going after Trevor Klosterman, and the crushers coaching staff is gonna have to go get him. De La Rosa really getting after it with Klosterman. And De La Rosa leaving the field now. But it's going to be a little while because he's going to have to be walked all the way up the left field line into the visitor's clubhouse. Ejections at GCS Credit Union Ballpark take time for that reason. And De La Rosa knew exactly what he was doing. He decided to have a run at home plate umpire Trevor Klosterman. 
who gave him a lot of leeway for being a player arguing about a check swing call from the dugout. Klosterman told him to stop, told him again to stop, and then ran him from the game. Brian De La Rosa just letting his frustration go, I suppose. Yeah, I'm and curious why he was in there for so long. He just went and got some towels. Uh, Jeff Bramlett was a little bit frustrated, and understandably so, that De La Rosa decided to take this moment to put the spotlight on himself and then go back in the dugout and take his sweet time. And now he is going to walk up the left side, and we'll see if they'll just go ahead and let Bramlett pitch once De La Rosa gets down near the bullpen. But Jeff is now having to wait a while in the middle of an inning, which is uncharacteristic for him. He got the strikeout on Jones, brought to you by Julie, the Illinois one-call system. And they're still waiting for De La Rosa, who is walking at a snail's pace through the gateway bullpen. What a waste of everybody's time. You know, what's interesting about that setup, too, is if, you know, the situation obviously isn't that toxic right now, but you obviously risk sending somebody on the opposing team past the Grizzlies' bullpen on their way out from being ejected, and that could easily lead to some more stuff. Yeah, there have been uh, a couple instances in which things have gotten going, although the bullpens have never really played a part in it. But, yeah, it, it is an unusual situation. Most Frontier League parks, the clubhouses are not connected to the dugouts. Pitch to Javier Betancourt is a fastball that runs up and in for a ball. Nobody on, one out, 8-2, gateway in the ninth. And you assume it's just frustration because I don't think Brian De La Rosa could make a compelling case that Trevor Klosterman's check swing calls are the reason that the Crushers are down by six. 1-0 pitch is taken for a strike. I seem to recall one missile after another off gateway bats in the first inning. Yeah, I don't think those decided this game. Maybe, uh, maybe De La Rosa should have put something down other than meatball down the middle. 1-1 one one pitch. Swing and a bouncer to short. Jones comes in to get the second hop shoulder high, settles his feet, throws a little low to first. But the ankle high catch pulled in by Jones, and there are two down. Justin to Eric. So two down, nobody on in the top of the ninth, eight to two Grizzlies. And here's General MacArthur, the righty batter, who has struck out twice and walked. He was also caught stealing. Bramlett deals. MacArthur swings and misses at a fastball. Another long one tonight between the Crushers and the Grizzlies. Closing in on three hours, 20 minutes. Went 359 yesterday for a nine-inning game. Not common, really, at any level of baseball, but especially in the Frontier League. The pitch. MacArthur swings and misses very late on a fastball. It's 0-2. I would think we're going to see more heat now because MacArthur has been miles late. Two outs, bases empty. Gateway eight, Lake Erie two, top of the ninth inning. No balls, two strikes on MacArthur. Ramblet is ready. And the pitch. Fastball runs inside. Ball one.
The stretch by Bramblett. He brings it back on a one-two pitch. MacArthur takes a slider down and away. Two balls and two strikes. Sets up a chance for Gateway to win the series and finish this homestand on a high note tomorrow. Two and two offering now. MacArthur takes, strike three called, and that's a Gateway winner. Fastball over the outside corner. Bramblett K's two in a one, two, three, ninth inning. 16, uh, or rather, still perfect on save chances because that wasn't one, but puts another zero on his Grizzlies resume. Now 48 appearances in his gateway career and an earned run average down to .45. As a gateway hurler, he is still perfect through his four outings so far this year. No runs against him. He has allowed only three base runners in five innings. So gateway wins it 8-2 to two the final over Lake Erie. We'll be back with the GCS Credit Union postgame show to give you the final totals and wrap it all up and a look ahead to tomorrow's finale of the series and the homestand on the Grizzlies Media Network. Disaster. What one thing can you send that will help people the most? A blanket, a tent, a sandbag, a doctor. Actually, if you send a monetary donation, you send all these things. Even a small donation can make a big impact and can quickly become exactly what people affected by disaster need most. In the wake of a hurricane, your monetary donation can make a huge difference to those in need. To donate, visit supporthurricanerelief.org. That's supporthurricanerelief.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. <coughs> when I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had this toe. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Hey, Kevin. Thinking about retirement? I've thought about it, but it's too late for me to save. With Avvo, a retirement coach, it's never too late. Where can I learn more? Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <laughs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that after 75 years... Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when it's dry or windy. Be careful burning yard waste, because wildfires can even start in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. An 8-2 gateway win tonight over Lake Erie. Nate Gatter, Brandon Ross back to wrap it up for you with the GCS Credit Union postgame show on the Grizzlies media network. Gateway scored six in the first inning, another in the second, tacked on one more in the seventh. In an 8-2 victory to snap a three-game losing streak, the Grizzlies improved to five and seven. They remained four and a half back of first place Florence in third in the West Division. Lake Erie had its three-game winning streak come to a close, and the Crushers are now four and eight. Final totals tonight for the visiting Crushers. Two runs on eight hits, one error, and seven men left on base. For the Grizzlies, eight runs on 14 hits, one error, and 11 men were left stranded. The win went to Jorge Tavares. He is now 2-0. Oh. The loss went to Ryan Furabend. He is now 0-2. Oh and two. and uh, really a good outing for Tavares. No save today for obvious reasons in an 8-2 ball game. Tavares was very good for the Grizzlies, though, to get his second win. Three hours, 19 minutes is what it took here in Soja tonight. 1,056 saw it at GCS Credit Union Ballpark. Some standout Grizzlies performers. Chase Vallo was on three times, a two-run double. He was also hit by a couple of pitches. Justin Jones had three hits, including an RBI double. He scored two runs. Eric Jones had his first two Grizzlies hits including uh, an RBI and a run scored. Jose Rosario, two out of four with a walk and a two-run homer. The Grizzlies' offense did almost all of its damage in the first inning. Gateway had six of its eight runs and seven of its 14 hits in the first inning alone. The Grizzlies tonight had six extra base hits, and five of them came in the first inning. A double by Prather, a two-run double by Valo, a two-run homer by Rosario, an RBI double by Jones, Justin, that is, and an RBI double by Woodcock in an inning in which the Grizzlies sent 11 men to the plate against the former big leaguer Ryan Fierabend. But, of course, the Grizzlies media network player of the game has to be Jorge Tavares. Six innings, he allowed two runs, one earned on seven hits. Struck out 10 without a walk. He wore it to the tune of 110 pitches, 73 of which were strikes. A big outing for Gateway after starter Sebastian Kise was chased due to injury with two outs in the fourth inning yesterday, and the bullpen sort of blew up down the stretch. The Grizzlies were afforded the luxury of six innings from Tavares. Quality baseball from the right-hander from the Dominican Republic. And Justin Watts, Tanner Cable, and Jeff Bramblett combined for three shutout innings out of the bullpen on only one hit, four strikeouts, two walks. Bramblett a perfect ninth with two of those Ks. Tomorrow we'll be back at it to finish out the series. Game three of this set and game eight, the finale of the Grizzlies' long homestand. 6.30 is our Budweiser pregame show, 6.45 will be our first pitch when Jordan Barrett, the left-hander, goes for Gateway against right-hander Robbie Rowland out of the mound for Lake Erie. And then we'll send the Grizzlies on the road over the weekend to take on Windy City. Brandon Ross will have those for you. But we hope you'll join us first tomorrow night, 6.30, our Budweiser pregame show, 6.45.
first pitch to finish out this series. Another rubber match. The Grizzlies lost one on Sunday against Florence. They'll get another chance now on Thursday night against Lake Erie. Once again, the Crushers' three-game winning streak comes to a close. They're four and eight. The Grizzlies' three-game losing streak comes to a close. They are now five and seven. For Lake Erie, two runs, eight hits, one error, seven left. For Gateway, eight runs, 14 hits, one error, 11 stranded. The win to Tavares, he's 2-0. Oh. Firabend, the loss, he's 0-2. Oh no save. Three hours, 19 minutes, the official time of game. 10:56, 1,056, the paid crowd in Soje. So for my partner, Brandon Ross, and the rest of us with the Grizzlies, Nate Gatter saying so long tonight from GCS Credit Union Ballpark in Soje, where one more time our final score is Gateway 8 and Lake Erie 2. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's broadcast half as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you, and you might consider joining us again tomorrow night. This has been a presentation of Gateway Grizzlies Baseball on the Grizzlies Media Network.